Welcome to the Ruthless Aggression Podcast. I'm Levi. 
joined as always by that big juicy Kyle. What's going on, man? How are you? <laughs> Hi, everybody. And of course, I'm fine. as always, <laughs> to my left, it's that good old Jake R. Jake, how are you doing? Oh, yeah! I'm ready to slap a tomato. That's what's up. <laughs> and of course, starting things a little different here, as you just heard, the uh, Finger 11 tribute to Chris Benoit, uh, 2004. It's really going to put a big, bittersweet feeling to this whole show. But we're going to go review it today. It's Backlash 2004. And of course, this show took place on April 18th, 2004 at Rexall Place. You guys have Ooh. any uh, Rexall Place memories there? Dude, Rexall is my go-to for uh, my drug needs. Just kidding. No, I have no Rexall memories. <laughs> I love Rexall. It's my favorite. Now, what is Rexall? They're home to like the, uh, at least former home to the Edmonton Oilers, right? Uh, I have no clue. You're asking the wrong people here. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> anything. It's, uh, I mean, Edmonton. Yeah, I mean that would that would track that the Oilers played there. I just figured since you were an Avalanche fan that you you might. I am an Avalanche fan, but I don't give a a, a rat's patootie about the Edmonton Oilers. Ooh. I, be, I believe I, I believe I would, would would mind if it was a Houston Oilers. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like football. Yeah, I feel you. Dude, just get her done. That's all I gotta say. Dude, just get her done, man. Just, it's, <laughs> it's been too long. It's not finished. Just get her done. But of course, Rexall plays being in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Location for tonight's show. We have an attendance of thirteen thousand fans. Ooh. With the buy rate. The, with the Canadian exchange rate, it's actually like ten thousand. <laughs> oh. There goes all our Canadian fans. Both of them. Sorry, Mr. <laughs> <laughs> we have a buy rate of 295000 for the show. Our theme song tonight is Eyes Wired Shut by Edgewater. And uh, guys, I don't, but <laughs> do you have any Edgewater memories? <laughs> Dude, we're huge in the what? In the aughts. The aughts. Yeah. Ots, as in ought one, ought two. It's a, it's the, the way the cool kids say o four, o five, because you can't say yeah. the o's. That's like lame. that weird uh, period between two thousand and two thousand nine. You can't call them the zeroes. <laughs> you, you should though. Uh, you know you're a zeroes kid when you uh, look at Nickelodeon and smile and say, "Yep." <laughs> Get her done. You know you're a millennial when you were born between nineteen eighty and nineteen ninety. You know you're a Nickelodeon kid when you watched Nickelodeon back in the day and said, yep, get her done. <laughs> you, know, you know you're a Toys R Us kid when you're a kid and you're in Toys R Us. So uh, I quite like this theme song. What do you guys think about it? I, I, I didn't really care for it, to be honest. I thought it was just kind of like, it was, it was one of those kind of songs of the area where, I don't know, the guy tries to sound really moody. And as a pay-per-view theme, I, I have to actively stop and try to listen to it, you know? I, I get where you're coming from. I it's I think it fits the tone of the show, because I, I, this is a uh, all right. Like there's so there's so much going on with Shawn Michaels and Chris Benoit in Canada, and yeah, there's there's so much going on that it, I I think the song fits the mood, even if it isn't a great song. Yeah, I bet Shawn Michaels would have liked to have had his eyes wired shut being here. <laughs> oh. Ooh. Boo! You screwed Brett. You screwed Brett. 
We are sponsored tonight by Drakengard for the PlayStation 2. Oh, yeah. And Kyle, if I you ready for correctly... A, you, ready, you ready for a big Drakengard update? Let's have it. Okay, so I put it on my PlayStation 3, and it didn't load. And I didn't bother <laughs> to put it on my PC because I didn't care as much. But I looked into it, and it seems like a pretty... Pretty standard JRPG, nothing special. <laughs> oh man, I feel like you're letting all our fans down now. They I'm were sorry, I'm sorry, fans. Juicy video game review. I've got some information here about Drakengard on the oh. PlayStation Two. I uh -oh. do. It was the 44 number 44 most discussed PlayStation Two game of 2004. Wow, those are the big facts. Now, is that yeah, just something and, uh, that you that you keep a log of, or did you did you pull that from somewhere? Oh, I, I pulled this from Metacritic. I am very quick on the, the keyboard. Um, it does have a user score of 8.2 on 128 ratings, but a meta score based on 55 critic reviews of only 63 of the possible 100. So there's a little bit of a, of a schism here between the people who played the game and the people who were paid to talk about it. The people who played it are probably huge nerds, so that's probably why they like it yeah, more. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, guys, what do you want from us? This is a big nerdy dragon game. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, what do you, you expect me to go play through uh, 60 hours of some boring JRPG for a two-second joke? Get out of here. Guys, we're too busy playing MX Unleashed. <laughs> we're way too busy with MX Unleashed, like, yes. Literally, it's a two-player game, but like uh, Jake and myself will be playing it, and Kyle's drawing pictures of cars in the background like so we can look at them. <laughs> It's like, hey, you guys like this picture of a car? And we're like, shut up, it's a final lap. Like, what? I, I guess. Yeah. Oh, shoot, Jake just slapped me. Like, And then I punch Kyle because he just made me oh. so mad. And I say, get her done. Get her done now, boy. <laughs> He's like, get her done. <laughs> that, that's, that saying should never be said intensely like that that sounds creepy <laughs> it's not like a predator <laughs> oh, God. yeah get her done huh? <laughs> <laughs> WWE 
Backlash. So we have this big opening package, and really, this is a rematch of WrestleMania 20, obviously, which was a fantastic match. But the the theme here is that lightning can't strike the same place twice. However, Chris Benoit has lightning in a bottle. This opening package, I thought it was okay. You know, wasn't wasn't bad, but it wasn't necessarily elite. It gets the point across. What do you guys think about it? Yeah, I mean, it's just the you know standard just dudes talking all kind of saying the same thing but it's meant to sound serious it does its job uh though it's not as cool as past ones we've seen i i actually again you know this I'm, i'm looking at it as a whole i think they did a really good job with this package because they under promise with this package basically all they do is talk about this main event that's all that matters on the show but when you actually start watching the show there's several matches that are really good and so you go into the show thinking oh this this is just about the triple threat at the end and you're like wait a minute there's a whole bunch of stuff going on here this is really good this is fun i'm glad i'm here so thumbs up for me for the opening package so cue the pyro we got a big juicy set here kyle can you describe the set to our listeners it looks like if you took a bunch of empty, like, Chef Boyardee spaghetti cans and just stacked them up, like, six feet high and made a wall, and then you put, like, an old TV, like a teacher cart TV out, and you played the videos on it, it's really low. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it, looks, it looks like, a, you know, they took the A in Backlash, you know, where it kind of looks like a big fang or something, and they just uh, put two of them kind of near each other, one with a video screen and one with kind of, like, I guess the logo in it. And uh, they just flipped it. So it's just a bunch of A's. But uh, overall, pretty solid stage. It feels like a pay-per-view stage, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's a good way to put it. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at it, and it's it, it's unique. And, yeah, it's it, it looks good for a, a B pay-per-view. Personally, I prefer big uh, swinging blades. But, uh, you know. Yeah, I miss the big swinging blades. I'll say that. So, you know, the, the whole idea of, like, backlash is supposed to be the backlash from... WrestleMania. WrestleMania, what? Which, in recent memory, they've kind of just explicitly said, hey, let's call it WrestleMania Backlash, you know? <laughs> and so... Yeah, the most recent one. That was so weird. <laughs> so, the, the, the idea, though, like, they just had this draft, as we <laughs> covered in our last episode. So, things are a bit different. You have a fresh-faced Shelton Benjamin here mixing Ooh, it up in the main yeah. event scene. Everything's just kind of different now. And so, the Backlash... It's just the the main attraction here being the triple threat. So it, it's kind of interesting to uh, to see what will unfold in the year. Hey, yo, first things first, it's time to shake ground in the eighth round. Box battle will break down for the beat in the wild tone. Jump in the cyclone, S-U-L-E-S, yes, I know. The rap theme, vaccine, black red theme. Cause we don't back heat So come and get your head cracked in the back 
match of the night is a big old match between Shelly Benjamin and Blair. That was actually an audio clip. I got a Ric Flair. That wasn't me. That's amazing. <laughs> so as we covered in the last episode, Shelton Benjamin has been drafted to Raw. He's trying there to... ain't no stopping him. He's trying to find his way, so to speak, on the new brand without his partner, Charlie Haas. And he gets jumped by Evolution. They're like, welcome to Raw, kid. And just one of those dumb little things. And so we find Shelton Benjamin in a one-on-one match with Triple H. And, well, Shelton Benjamin beats the game. Genuinely shocked at this as, like, a kid watching it live. It was so, like, I'm like, what? Shelton Benjamin? This <gasps> this dude who doesn't win things, he wins now? I was for it, man. I don't know. I, I kind of think Charlie Haas went on to do greater things. I mean, he is with Rico. Oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, the next week, Triple H... He's, you know, passing it off as if nothing happened. And then Shelton Benjamin's like, hey, let's have a rematch. How about that? <gasps> and Triple H is all, well, uh, no, bruh. And um, everyone's like, boo. And eventually he gets swayed into doing the match. And Shelton Benjamin wins again by counting. So we find Shelton Benjamin having two victories over Triple H in consecutive weeks. And so now he is on the bad side of Evolution, and they end up jumping him. Uh, Evolution ends up jumping Shelton Benjamin, busting him wide open, 16 stitches to be exact. And Ric Flair actually cuts a pretty darn good promo on Sunday Night Heat right before this match and saying, you got a stitch for each one of my world championships. And so tonight you're going to walk that aisle and deal with the man. And so here we are. It's one of those things that are kind of thrown together. It's got a little bit of story, but uh, I'm excited for this match. And I feel like Shelton Benjamin, you know, he's got to be one of those guys who respects the game, obviously. Not the Triple H game. <laughs> but to, to be in there mixing it up with Ric Flair. I bet. I mean, for such like a, a young a, a young blue chipper to go with uh, one of the best in the biz, I mean, it's it's that's a pretty, pretty damn big deal. And, you know, it's kind of crazy to me, like, seeing – rick flair in this role like i'm i'm happy for him you know he was miserable in wcw and it didn't register with me at the time just how big of a legend he actually was and all the work he did in the 80s and even in the 90s uh just how big of a star he was like rick flair is still culturally relevant to this day oh yeah hugely Mm mm-hmm I mean, that's one thing I could say. It's like, you, I mean, people argue like, I think Ric Flair started to suck after 1992 or whatever. But WWE, they really, really helped to, I think, kind of cement his legacy in just the eyes of just kind of like the modern day fan. Because, I mean, they made him seem like a humongous deal. And I'd never even seen any of this stuff before. I just kind of accepted it. Like, yeah, it's Ric Flair. Of course he's a big deal, you know? And I think for better or worse, we kind of have Triple H to thank for that. <laughs> You know? He's like, hey, I'm going to borrow your uh, your thing, but uh, I'm going to make sure you're important and remembered, okay? How's that? <laughs> uh, okay, Hunter. Ooh. Is that Jerry Lawler? <laughs> Wait a minute. That's just Lawler. Take off that white wig. Oh, I'm oh, sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> you you want a Coke? <laughs> there are two of you now. I'm scared. 
<laughs> That's what you do when you have the coke. <laughs> you want me to draw a picture of you? Woo! <laughs> Naked. Before we get into the actual match itself, uh, I wanted to talk about Ric Flair's entrance. I realized that I like it was hilarious to me. Because he, he comes out, he, he gets to the, he makes the referee open the ropes for him, but the referee opens the ropes for him like he's uh, a diva wrestler. Yeah. And Ric Flair looks at him and was like, no, the other ones. <laughs> like, so he makes him do that. He takes the robe off and then throws it at the other, uh, the timekeeper, I think. He is in full-blown I'm Ric Flair mode as he's coming down to the ring, like making sure Shelton Benjamin knows that he's in the ring with the superstar. And so, like, I, I really, really enjoyed the way Ric Flair carried himself at the beginning of this match. I so agree. Like, he carries himself. He looks like a million bucks as much as a 50-plus-year-old Ric Flair can look. He looks mm-hmm. amazing. He's got the robe. He's got the belt. The belt just, it's a tag team belt, but it adds to the look. And he's wearing red, so you know what that means. Mm-hmm. I agree, and just <laughs> I felt like there was a split second of hesitancy when the ref opened the bottom rope, where Rick's like, "Oh, you did it wrong, but I'm gonna do it." But like for one second there, but then he's like, "No, I'm Ric Flair. Open up that." I'm Ric Flair. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Shelton Benjamin starts by taking down Ric Flair with ease in a front face lock takedown, followed into a fireman's carry. Ric Flair shoves Shelton Benjamin, and so Shelton Benjamin responds with a slap to the face of Ric Flair. Followed by Flair just flopping right in the middle of the ring. That's never not hilarious. Dude, Ric Flair is so, he's so much fun to watch. Everything he does is entertaining. Like, I know, I know I'm, I've been a flair mark for this entire podcast, but this match, like, he is, he is putting on in this match. I agree. He is hitting the ropes. He's running around. Like, he's, he's missed a step, obviously, but he can still go. Yeah. And he's carrying Shelton in a lot of places, too. Yeah. I would agree with that. Just like how to handle yourself and be the baby face. Like, Shelton Benjamin's like, he's in like that sting role of just that, that white meat baby face. And, you know, Gosh darn it, like Shelton Benjamin goes on to have a pretty mediocre career in WWE, but man, he he had it here. Like, am I wrong? Uh, he he had the he had the crowd in the palm of his hand. He was ready to go to the top. I mean he got he got the rub from Triple H and Ric Flair. I just I, I'm confused to see what happens. <laughs> Honestly, I, I I'm a bit frightened. I think uh, Shelton Benjamin's gonna get shot. <laughs> This isn't TNA. Do you mean shot what? on or shot with a gun? Uh, uh, no, shot on. Like Scott Steiner's going to be like, Shot Benjamin sucks! <laughs> <laughs> with his crooked yellow teeth! <laughs> Shelton goes for a stinger splash, but Flair avoids. But Shelton Benjamin jumps to the top rope. Nimble as a cat there. Meow. And so... <laughs> He turns around and hits a clothesline and puts Flair on the floor. We're back in, and Shelton hits another clothesline, but Flair goes for the knee. The leg gets wrapped around the rope, and Flair stomps away. So the story here being we're going to work down the leg of Shelton. Shelton gets out of the uh, figure four. Rick Flair goes for a freaking chair. <laughs> <laughs> it's right off the bat. I can't beat him. 
I gotta hit him with a chair. That threw me off so bad. It, it almost felt like a video game move. That's exactly what it felt like. But the ref gets it away. We're back up, and Shelton Benjamin hits an enziguri. But he can't follow up on it because of the knee. And so Shelton does the dragon whip and gets Flair down. Do you think Shelton's working a little fast? Like It seems like he's... Like maybe he's a little juiced up, and it seems like he's he misses a couple spots in 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 this match, and it, I think he's, I think he's rushing a little bit. I didn't quite feel that way. It could have been, it could have been Ric Flair was slow on it. That could be it too. They could have been yep. like out of sync. Um, but like we'll we'll get to it. But like the whole the 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 flare flip over the the rope, it, it's like it almost like he had too much velocity heading to the to the corner. As in Shelton had too much velocity getting to the corner or whipping? A little, little too much torque on the throw. Well, Jake, now he's not actually throwing him. You know, wrestling, uh, it might be entertaining, Jake, but I got to tell you, it's not real. A little too much torque. <laughs> well, nice like of how, you to join us, Kyle. Like how Kyle has to come in and <laughs> let you down easy. <laughs> <laughs> like thanks opinion from some Oof. dad's friend from work as far as who was fast who was slow i don't know but flair he gets whipped into the corner and goes flopping over the turnbuckle onto the floor he does the whip and the nene we're back in and flair gets slammed off the top but Boop. he finds some brass knuckles brass knuckles oh my god <laughs> However, Shelton Benjamin hits the stinger splash, and he drops his brass knucks. What? Shelton goes up top, hits a clothesline, and that's good enough for the three. Kyle, let's start with you. What do you think about this match? Ding, ding, ding. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I don't know. I've always been a fan of Ric Flair. It's like, honestly, I haven't seen too much young Ric Flair. So whenever I see old Ric Flair, I'm like, he's a good guy. I like him. <laughs> but certainly, uh. Put a lot of shine on Benjamin. Definitely feel like he's really a, a, a bonafide blue chipper. And overall, enjoy the match. Uh, I'll give it a big old thumbs up. Not a big old thumbs up. A regular thumbs up. I I also would give this match a standard thumbs up. Uh, it was good stuff. And yeah, the the whole point right now is we're we're trying to get Benjamin over, and we're we're using superstars to do it. Is a fun match, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm here for it. Honestly, yeah. As as I opened the show, I thought it was good just because to, to see like a young dude get over on a on a old season vet. I don't know. It puts a positive spin to the start of the show. You know. I give it a pretty solid little thumbs up. Flair just going out there busting his butt, trying to get Shelton yeah, Benjamin man. over, and Shelton Benjamin genuinely having that little connection with the crowd. I just, I just love it, man. Ric Flair was the perfect guy to help set up Shelton in this role, and I'm sure Shelton was just like jazzed to work with Ric Flair. But good stuff. How could you not be? Good stuff. No word. We get backstage to Randy Orton being interviewed by Todd Grisham. Ooh, hi, Todd. What do you guys think about Todd Grisham? I think he's annoying. <laughs> <laughs> he's yeah. kind of annoying. He's better yeah. than Josh. <laughs> Barely, like, but yes. It's like, uh, it's like, what happened? They used to have such good backstage interview guys, and now they all just really kind of suck. 
I'll tell you this. Todd Grisham, for me, I like his work on Bite This. There's a, there's a clip this. of him getting mad at just TNA fans that call into the show. Oh, the God, time. I remember that. Yes. <laughs> we'll cut a clip right now. Maybe it'll happen. Uh, well, TNA is better than WWE. Well, then why are you calling our show, retard? Uh, call TNA show, if they have one, which I doubt. I think it airs uh, Sunday night at 4 a.m. in Japan. Uh, and so, uh, one last thing. What? Did you hear about what happened at TNA? They just signed Sting. How do you think WWE and Vince McMahon feels about that? Uh, I don't think Vince McMahon cares. He's, uh, he's our kind of interim GM right now. I don't think he cares what anybody else is doing. He cares about himself, and that's all he cares about. Thanks for the phone call, Pat. No problem. Taking some phone calls, Chris. Let's go into uh, line six. We got Jamie from California. Jamie, you're on with the masterpiece. Hey. What up, Jamie? Todd? Go ahead. Uh, actually, I'm from Calgary, by the way, and uh, happy birthday, by the way, Todd. Thank you. And uh, Chris? Hey, what about me? My birthday's Sunday. I'm well, turning 23 uh, years old. Great, what a hell of a birthday present it's going to be, becoming the WWE champ. Wow, that would be a good birthday present. Sunday, oh, yeah. Chambers, I mean, uh, Chris Masters, the WWE champion. That'd be nice. No, I don't think anybody wants to see that. But anyway, Chris, who has bigger uh, arms, you or Hollywood Hulk Hogan? And everybody check out TNAWrestling.com. What do you think? Or number one, Bob, are you Hi. there? Hi, Todd. Yes. What's up? What's up? Hi, I just want to say I love how you dodge TNA questions like you dodge the women. <laughs> women dodge me. I don't dodge women. And then he hangs up. He dodges me. Um, TNA sucks, says someone. That's good. Uh, okay, stop calling about TNA. I'm getting real upset <laughs> here. His work is like a play-by-play -play guy, like on ECW. There, there are two things that stick out. One, when Christian comes back from his run in TNA in like 2009, uh, it's so anticlimactic. First of all, why did Christian return after his world title run in TNA to ECW? We'll talk about... No, actually, we won't. That's post-Ruthless Aggression, so we won't talk about that. So I don't know. Um, Is it yeah. like one of those weird things where... I don't know. I can't really. I don't really. I was not into any of like a dirt sheety type stuff back then. I was. I was a little. I was a little kid, or not a kid, but like a teenager, I guess. You're probably college age but, at that point, were you not? What for ECW in yeah. 2009? Yeah. I guess technically, yeah. I mean, I graduated in 2009, so I was like on the edge. But uh, I don't know. By that point, like ECW was pretty much just like lower mid card show, like. I don't know. Maybe they put him there as kind of like a weird quasi punishment. Oh, you know, know, you know how we were talking the other day about how the like Triple H and and all these dudes are just like, oh, just keep watching, keep watching. You know, if if you're feeling like you don't like it, just keep watching. Unless you're Triple H, you just said, just watch or, or don't watch. <laughs> <laughs> I did that for WWE, ECW. I yes. <laughs> I kept watching, and you know what happened. Vince McMahon came out in early 2010 and said, it's canceled. Bye. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, okay. How did, how did it end? Is that literally how it ended? Yes, <laughs> or you Vince, just McMahon, a, a Vince McMahon comes out on the stage one week and said, next week, ECW will be canceled and we're starting NXT. I would like to proudly announce that in three weeks time, ECW will be going off the air. I'd like to thank all of the technicians, cameramen, directors, producers, everyone, certainly the superstars who made ECW the success that it truly was. 
I'd also like to thank in advance everyone, especially all of you, who will be responsible for the success of bringing a new, innovative, never-before-seen program broadcast at the very same time here on Sci-Fi. This will be the next, the next evolution of the WWE. This will be the next evolution of television history. Thank you very much. That's it. Yeesh, I did not know that. By that point, like, I wasn't really watching ECW at all, yeah. so I didn't care. That's when they were starting up the uh, the NXT, like, the, the game show sort of. Uh... And, this, and this is, like, the NXT, like, the first round NXT era, like, this is around the point they lost me. Like, I was like, this is dumb. Everything was so PG. Like, so PG. Yeah. But this isn't the PG era podcast. This is the ruthless aggression. There are at least three iterations of the PG era podcast, and uh, none of them have broken through. So, hey, there's a fresh idea for you guys out there. Capitalize <laughs> on it. But, um, but like I was saying, uh, Todd Grisham, his sort of like his two famous calls that I can think of at the top of my head. One, when Christian came back, anticlimactic, like I said, he's coming to cut a promo on Jack Swagger, ECW Ooh, champion Jack at the Swagger. time. Uh, but like you were saying, the dirt sheets, I think the idea was for Christian to come and and, and mix it up with um, with uh, Jeff Hardy and Edge. I think they were feuding at the time. I don't quite remember. I think they interjected Matt Hardy into that feud, but Christian was supposed to come back and like help Edge or something. But no, they, they brought him back, and so <laughs> Christian comes out. Everyone's like, oh my gosh, what's Christian doing here? And you just hear this long period of silence from commentary, and then you hear... It's Christian. Come out here and face me like a man. What kind of a man? Your dad can't save you now. It's Christian. (laughs) (laughs) The worst. Wait a minute, is that... Is that Christian? Exactly. Like, if this is Jim Ross, you're like, oh, that's Christian. That's Christian. He's back after five years in TNA wrestling. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so he just straight says it. This is in his ear going like, don't say their name, damn it. <laughs> Why was you I can't that? help it. I'm so happy. So you have that, like, one side of him, I guess, trying to be, like, he couldn't find that middle ground. And... You the the extreme side of it would be when Kane was drafted to uh I think to Raw I don't remember I'm sorry forgive me for the details it was the PG era but Kane gets drafted and Todd Grisham goes Kane <laughs> Kane what a nerd exactly. what a freaking loser exactly um so the only time in the pg era i was actually like oh this could be interesting was when they were like teasing like is king gonna get his mask back and then it was just that crappy like bacon mask and i was like nope <laughs> the fruit roll-up the mask <laughs> yeah i i hated when it was like the, the demon lives in the mask and when he puts the mask on he is the demon shut up and then... shut up <laughs> <laughs> What about whenever he was the demon without the mask? Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> so, yeah, Randy Orton, he's getting interviewed by Todd Grisham. And uh, Randy Orton doesn't quite have it 
with the with the interviews here, but I, I think it gets his point across just fine. What do you guys think about it? I liked it. Uh, yeah, like you said, I mean, he he definitely pops the crowd. This crowd's very pro Mick Foley, and the line he has at the end where he's like, "I'm gonna put Mick Foley down." They you they reacted brave. to it, like they they gave him the reaction. I was I was there for it. Good job. Yeah, I uh, I enjoyed it as well. Um, it's just interesting seeing the the uh, the rise of Randy. It's coming a long way from this little little boy band winking promo. Uh, <laughs> I I truly am starting to feel kind of like the legend killer, the Viper. He's still a little rough. Like I felt like the promo kind of kind of stumbled a little towards the end. Uh, I think he accidentally messed up and called him by the wrong. Name he did and had yeah. to save himself from that but overall Nick, yeah Jack, good stuff whoever <laughs> i could say that for sure like i think they're doing a great job of building that rivalry just letting you know how serious it is just in the pay-per-view you know and the, yeah so thumbs up for that Gosh, why is this a match? I, I know, it. right? <laughs> Since when is Jonathan Coachman a wrestler? Who did Tajiri tick off backstage? Gosh, the thing is, like, I sometimes I like stupid, dumb, fun little segments they put in pay per views from time to time, but this is just this is nothing. So this got started backstage the week after the draft, when you have Law Resistance, who I guess aren't all about France anymore. It's uh, French Canada. They're, uh, they're, we'll get so they're to that just hooked later. up in Montreal now. We'll, we'll get to that later, but uh, it's Law Resistance and Garrison Cade backstage, and they're like, hey, Tajiri, whoever comes through that door next, you got to give them that big old green mist right to the face. And so they're like, okay. And then Jonathan Coachman walks in, Eric Bischoff's boy, and he's like, oh, hey, guys, what's up? Hey, Tajiri, what? Oh, oh. <laughs> right, right in the face. I love it. At least it wasn't the black mist. He'd be blind. He'd be dead. <gasps> a non-wrestler with a black mist? Are you kidding? No, that's the that's the red mist. It's pure acid. <laughs> Garrison Cade's all like, hey, you're going to get in trouble by Eric Bischoff. And Tajiri's like, oh no, what have I done? And, of course, later backstage, Coach is like, there he is. There's Tajiri. And uh, talking about how he sprayed him in the face. He didn't deserve it. It was unwarranted. All true. But then Coachman says, you know what? He said, you're incompetent for the job, Mr. Bischoff. Tajiri never said that. Of course not. Just spreading lies about him. So now he is just on, uh, he has bad favor with management at Raw. Gets put in a match with Kane, whatever. But as Jerry Lawler put it, exact quote, Coach is a riar. Ha ha ha. He's a what? He is a rier. It's it's a it's an insensitive Asian joke there. Oh, like like instead of an L, it's oh. an R. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, 
I'm gonna get a hold of this podcast and then edit out that explanation so it makes Levi seem like the big racist. <laughs> <laughs> that like that made no sense until you said it, and now I hate it. So, uh, so we have a match apparently, and uh, reluctantly, <laughs> let's get started. So uh, this is gonna be painful to get through because Coach is not a wrestler. And uh, by this match, he's a he's a bad one. But um, here we, here we go. Coach arm drags Tajiri down, and um, gets uh, then he gets him in a waist lock. Uh, but Tajiri he gets uh, a kick to Coachman. Which I thought was pretty funny, selling the the kicks pretty good, right? Right. But, yeah, uh, you're looking for the high spots, huh? But yeah, they head outside, and Tajiri goes to kick Coachman, but Coach, with his athletic prowess, ducks <laughs> uh, just in time, causing Tajiri to kick the ring post. And so there we go. And so Coach... Uh, Coach... Uh, works over the leg of Tajiri. Wearing shorts and a t-shirt. He put on his construction hat and he is ready to go to work. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> I'm calling this it now. Co- Coach is going to be world champ by the end of the year. This is this is such a riveting and exciting match. He's going to be the one to take it off Benoit. <clears throat> uh, Coach hits a shin breaker. He goes for a second one, but Tajiri escapes into a sunset flip. Uh, but Coach is right, uh, he's right back on the knee. Coach even grabs the ropes for extra leverage, even though how he did it would not give him any leverage. He was out of position, but uh, nevertheless, he grabs the ropes. Grab the ropes. So after that, Coach goes up top, but Tajiri kicks the rope to damage the berries. Coach gets caught in a backwards tree of woe. This was a cool spot. I'll put this over Uh all day long. And Tajiri kicks the back of the head of Jonathan Coachman, and he hits the turnbuckle super hard. It was pretty cool. He, He had his eyes closed for it, too. He was He had no idea when it was coming. Or any of the impact. He was just sitting there with his eyes closed. Uh, where was I? Uh, kicks it back of the head. Does, hey, hey, I gotta ask. Does it even matter? No. <laughs> I mean, honestly, though. We're back honestly, up. The... We're back Hold up. Hold up. We're back up, and Tajiri grabs the tarantula. Tarantula. Ah, you took the words out of my mouth. But it gets broken up, and we have Garrison Cade on the apron with the ref distracted. <sighs> He uses a right hand to drop Tajiri. Coach rolls him up for the three. Jonathan Coachman has defeated Tajiri. Jake, let's start with you. What do you think about the match? I'm glad it's over. Thumbs down. It sucked. It was terrible. It was, like, I love Tajiri, and I couldn't even get excited for this match because I knew it was going to be stupid. And, like, Coach can't work, and they're trying to put him over on commentary. Oh, look at the moves. Like, uh, Jonathan Coachman knows how to do No. He doesn't know how to do any moves. That was dumb, and I hated it. It was a, it was a waste of 10 minutes, and it, considering what we had, what this was leading up to, 
really, really not pleased. Yeah, um, there's really not much to say about it other than it's kind of stinky. It's not quite like sucks levels of bad, but no, it's certainly uh, after uh, after what we've had before in the opening match, it certainly kind of brings you down, I guess. <laughs> Maybe that was the point. I don't know. But uh, didn't really love it. Thumbs down. Thumbs down. <laughs> That's all I can say. <laughs> Handicap match as Christian and Trish Stratus take on Christopher Jericho. Perhaps retribution for Chris Jericho. Okay, Trish, there's something I want to ask you. I just wanted to know maybe at some time if you'd like to go out and grab a bite or. Uh, just so, are you asking me on a date? <sighs> yeah, I guess I am asking you on a date, Trish. Well, I would love to go on a date with you. I can't stop thinking about you, night and day, all the time. I can't stop thinking about you no matter what I do. I don't want that to stop. Where the hell is your head? Trish ruined our friendship! She sunk her claws in. Ruined our friendship! So I had to take matters into my own hands. I did this for you. At WrestleMania 20 was one of the darkest days of Chris Jericho's career. At WrestleMania, I'm going to knock some damn sense into your head and you will never, ever be the same again. Jericho, the girl. You see, Trish, she wants a man. Someone a little rough, man. You never appreciated me, never appreciated this. I'm a three-time babe of the year. You're not even in my league. Wasn't babe a talking pig? I'm not in your league. I'm Chris Jericho. I'm a sexy beast, baby. I'm going to get Chris back for what he said. Backlash is going to be Chris Jericho versus Christian and Trish Stratus in a handicap match. The what? I'm going to do all the work. I'm going to beat Jericho's ass. And when the time is right, I'm going to tag you in, and all you have to do is cover him. One, two, three. I have to congratulate Christian and Trish Stratus. At WrestleMania, they humiliated me at the biggest event in the history of this company. I mean, they got me. I haven't forgotten. I'm gonna have my revenge. I'm gonna get you to Chris Jericho versus the creepy little bastard and the filthy, dirty, disgusting, brutal, bottom-feeding trash bag hoe! Trish wants a man, and that's 
something you should try being sometime, Chris. We humiliated you. We can embarrass Chris. And you will never be the same again. Believe me, Backlash is going to be the worst night of Jericho's life. So this feud, I hate <laughs> it so much. So we're still rolling with this feud here. We, Every uh, single time I hear, Trish, there's something I really want to ask you. Mm-hmm. I just I just hate it. It's like, <laughs> it's like all the last few things have just felt the same. It's just like, starts out soft, lovey-dovey, then betrayal. Uh-oh. <laughs> it's, and it's, like they, it's like they just continue. They don't even change up the the opening package they just add another 10 seconds to the end of it so every single time it's just the same thing and then we add 10 more or we cut to this time trish in a bikini which was cool but <laughs> it's the same it's the same pack it's been the same package for like six six pay-per-views now you want to see my <laughs> venus get out of here ladies with the, bill, with the big valboski the opening package is the longest segment of the night. <laughs> that, that, Kyle, that actually wasn't bad. <laughs> I've watched a lot of bad Val Venus lately. So. <laughs> You're inspired. A bad line. <laughs> That's how it all is. The longest it's segment like, of the night. Nash, let's do, give me, give, okay, uh, Texas. Levi's in Texas. It's like, ladies, they say everything's bigger in Texas. Well, it don't get much bigger than the big Valbowski <laughs> penis. <laughs> oh, wait, I, I, I think I, I got this one. Hey, let's see. I hear it gets wet in Seattle. Yeah. <laughs> when the big <laughs> Valbowski. like my hair. What did you think I was talking about? You're going to need a boat when you see the big Valbowski. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not talking about taking the ferry. <laughs> I'm talking about sexual relations, you know. <laughs> oh, well, okay, okay. Got Moving on. This, um, this match sucks, too. As, as Jake said, uh, he gets Vietnam flashbacks when he hears, Trish, or something I gotta ask you. <laughs> we gotta put that meme up. So, uh, I, I I have a little song that I've prepared um, to, uh, to, to celebrate this feud. Um, California, here we come. Side to rise and in the sun. California! This is the I was with Jake. I was thinking, Shuffer Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That, that has to be like the single best song so far in the Ruthless Aggression timeline. It might that be. That crack addict. That crack addict. We'll, we'll have a, a top 10 Ruthless Aggression songs by the time we're all said and done, but those two are definitely here on there. Go. And um, back off, I'll take you on. That's on the <laughs> head thrown. Yeah, this feud's been going on since 03. And Chris Jericho and Christian made a bet to see who could get lucky first. Ooh. 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 Between Trish and Lita. And so as we saw at Armageddon, uh, the girls found out, pitted them in a match. And so that led to Chris Jericho regretting his actions trying to build up that rapport with Trish, you know, and it looks like it's working until she betrays him at WrestleMania. No. That's right. Bum, bum, bum. And she sides with Christian. And so as we see, 
on on Raw. I don't feel like a great explanation was given for Trish's actions because we literally saw Christian beat up Trish Stratus in a match, one on one match. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, how how did we overcome that? And so, what if he used the explanation? What if they tried to uh, tried to uh, freaking I just forgot his name, Vince Russo, it and just be like, oh, all that that was fake. I beat her up for fake. This is real. <laughs> And then you have freaking Mike Tanay on commentary. Well, is, is this a work? I don't see this in the script tonight. Oh my goodness. <laughs> anyway, uh, the, the explanation loosely given, uh, Trish came out on Raw like the, the week after WrestleMania or something like that. And was like, she likes uh, she likes it rough. Oh my God. That's kind of like the loose <laughs> explanation. Not exactly addressing it, but... Uh, uh, Chris Jericho, you know, he's too, he's too lovey-dovey. He's too nice, and uh, he couldn't even overcome a, an injured knee to help her. But, uh, yeah. and so Nice guys finished last. And so we see Trish Stratus. She's a guest on the highlight reel the week after the draft. I thought this was really cringy. Trish is in full heel mode. She's like, Chris Jericho, you're a loser because you're attracted to me, but like, uh, you know, you're just a big, you're out of my league. I'm a three-time babe of the year. And so Chris Jericho, he literally rehashes an insult he gave to Stephanie McMahon in 2001 by calling uh, Christian the CLB and Trish the filthy, dirty, dirty, disgusting, brutal, bottom-feeding trash bag. Hey, and I'm like, Chris Jericho goes on this whole tirade. He's like, I'm out of your league. I'm Chris Jericho. I'm a sexy beast, baby. Babe of the year. Wasn't that a talking pig? And it's just super lame, if you ask me. Not his best work. And his whole his whole deal is that he's calling Trish, pardon my, pardon my, my language here, but calls her a slut. No, he calls her a Jezebel. Jim Ross does. <laughs> Jezebel. Here's my issue. How does Trish siding with Christian and not sleeping with Chris Jericho make her that? How does that make her promiscuous? How does that make her a hoe? I don't know. If she had oh, slept with a him, bad guy. If she had slept with him and then slept with Christian, wouldn't that make that make more sense? It's all about it's all about the whole system of being the guy who's you know left behind. So I think this makes Chris Jericho, like you just said, look like a chump, and he's just like, "Oh, you don't want me? Well, then you're a hoe." Huh, how about that? I mean, it's like it's like the beginning of the incel movement. Oh, you're so pretty. I have a boyfriend. Well, you're a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> That's absolutely perfect. It's like, hey, babe, I sent you a picture of my wiener. Please, please love me. <laughs> isn't it? Isn't it awesome? Oh my gosh! Oh. <laughs> Never awesome. So. So. so that was you. You threw a little inya on that one. Yeah. Sorry. Pardon me. So uh, I I know you guys aren't liking uh, liking the feud up to this point, but uh, what do you think about the spin on this? That that Trish is is just a, this dirty hoe. 
stupid. <laughs> Ugh. It's like, this is my first time really experiencing this whole, like, heel Trish thing. Because I, 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 I barely remember it from my time watching. We have Jerry Lawler just absolutely drooling over Trish. Oh, my God. It's so annoying. <laughs> JR gets so mad. In the next two matches, it's so good. <laughs> I can't stand up, JR. I have a full-blown erection right now. Go, go, Will you go. call the match? Will I... you talk about the match? Literally all day, you've been talking about your erection. Are you talking talk about, about wrestling? Pickers. Are y'all talking? Go bite me sick. <laughs> I do like how Jim Ross is like, uh, I think Jerry says, Oh, she needs mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. I'm going to go down there. And JR's like, Will you sit down? But it has, you can see them in the background and they're just sitting down the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed that too. It made me laugh. I had to rewind it. For one night only, I, f- I failed to mention this, but let's talk about it now. Uh, Jericho is back to being billed from Winnipeg <laughs> because <laughs> we're in Canada here. Recently, they've gone and taken all the Canadian wrestlers and billed them from United States locations. So Benoit is now residing in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, Jericho was born in Manhasset, New York. What do you guys make of this? It's just so odd. Is it supposed to be like post 9 11, just kind of like USA, USA type thing, or, or what? No, it's uh, Vince McMahon thought it was too. Uh, now, now, this is for the baby faces. He thought it sounded heelish to be billed from Canada. <laughs> I mean, wasn't wasn't the Un Americans? Hadn't that just finished up? Un Americans uh, were, oh my gosh, it's well over a year. But even still, I mean, in the mind of a, a wrestling fan, that's not all that long. So, I mean... It was long enough gotta, to be like, hey, we've moved on. I mean, test... There is an un-Americans flag in this pay-per-view. Okay, I'll give you, I'll give you credit there. I should bring them back. I miss them. Teardrop. <laughs> there was a lot of heat with those guys were like... They were in, in trouble for living... Being from Canada and they're living in America. They were talking about, I'm getting too much heat for being Canadian. So maybe that was part of it. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I chalk it up to a Vince McMahon weird decision. That's what it seems like. It's just, it's odd too, because like like Canada, I'm not sure how it is anymore, because like all the hearts have died basically. But uh, <laughs> oh well, I mean honestly, I mean you got to think of it like that. But like you know, Canada's always been like a hot spot for wrestling. Why would you not want to embrace it? You know, it's like what's the worst that could happen? Merchandise sales, you know? Well, it's because they always take over the the. The show, they hijack the show with their reactions, which they kind of do <laughs> towards the end. But anyway, let's let's get to this match here. So yeah, Jericho, he's uh, he's built from Winnipeg for one night only. And then he slaps Christian to start the match, takes him down. Trish bells to the floor, and Jericho chases after. But here's what I love about this match. Usually in a wrestling match, you got, if you have the heel manager or whatever leading the chase, then the heel is going to get the advantage on it. Christian never gets the advantage in these moments. I love that. <laughs> Jericho is always one step ahead of him. But Jerry Lawler makes a, a comment about Trish's uh, chest for the umpteenth time. I was going to say, is something, is something wrong with it? Was she? I didn't notice her wearing like a, a brace or anything. Is she okay? Uh, oh, oh, you meant her breasts. You meant her heaving bosom. Okay. <laughs> her heaving bosom. That's what JR said. Yeah, that's what he'd say now. Her heaving bosom. But Jim Ross makes the comment, I bet you don't even know what her feet look like. 
because his eyes never. Are you kidding me? That's the sexiest part. <laughs> I was I was waiting. I was waiting. As soon as he said that, I was like, "What's he gonna say?" <laughs> Jericho, he he's one step ahead of Christian and hits him with an elbow. Uh, Christian gets sent outside, and Jericho hits a springboard drop kick to knock Christian down. I thought that was really awesome. Yeah, he he got some distance on it. We get back in the ring, and Jericho accidentally shoves Trish off the apron, but the distraction lets Christian drape him over the top. And Trish comes in for a little bit of slap in action. Jericho grabs at Trish's foot, and she goes running away to tag out to Christian. We get a Walls of Jericho attempt, but it's broken up, and Jericho lands head first onto Christian's crotch. <laughs> Ouchie. We get a flashback by Jericho. He goes for the pin, but only gets two on it. Trish slaps Jericho again, and this time it allows Christian to hit a reverse DDT out of the corner. Jericho pops right back up and sends Christian outside, meaning it's time for a spanking. Oh, yeah. You're a spanking. I was so afraid he was going to, like, pull her butt cheeks out or something. I was, yeah, I was ready for the whole pull-down thong moment, and... Kevin Dunn to be like, zoom in, everybody. <laughs> Examine her butthole. <laughs> oh, gosh, you guys made it weird. <laughs> now Kevin Dunn. It's Kevin it Dunn. Weird. Kevin Dunn makes it weird. <laughs> Every single time there's a pin, why do we have a full-on crotch shot? Imagine, I, I know, right? Jeez. Imagine if, like, it was, like, nowadays Kevin Dunn mixed with old Kevin Dunn, so whenever it's crotch shots, he's, like, doing snap zooms really hard into him. <laughs> it's like, boobs, boobs, boobs. It's like the dramatic, uh, the dramatic hamster, but, uh, <laughs> Oof. Uh, yeah, I uh, thought Jericho's hand placement, though, when carrying Trish was a little questionable, but, yeah, he... he Puts her over his knee, just like we saw in Armageddon, and spanks her. Uh, whatever. <laughs> That's all I can say about it. Um, but Christian, he comes back in and decks Jericho. Jericho clotheslines Trish before knocking Christian down as well. He goes for a line salt, but he hits the knees of Christian. We get a Texas Cloverleaf. He stays on Chris Jericho's ribs. But Jericho rolls out pretty quickly and slaps on the walls of Jericho before returning to Trish. That's broken up in a hurry, so Christian tries the unprettier, but gets catapulted into Trish in the corner. Jericho hits the enziguri, which is his finish now, and hits the pin for the win. Oh boy. Okay. Uh, I'll go first here. I actually am not mad at this match. Uh, I thought Jericho put in a lot of good work as well as Christian, but I'm just wondering why Trish was involved in the match. And I know they explained it on Raw, whereas Christian's like, oh, it's a way for you to get like revenge or, or something like that. And Trish didn't want to be in the match. But uh, it made for a couple funny moments, whatever. I don't know. I I liked Jericho's work in the match. I, I, liked, I liked all the moves he pulled out a lot. I love babyface Jericho. I liked it. There was a weird fuzzy feeling about it that uh, that makes me kind of say thumbs in the middle but uh somewhere between a thumbs up and a thumbs in the middle you find my my rating for the match you give it the old orange cassidy then i guess so what do you say yeah i'm kind of with you i mean honestly despite my my standard feelings about intergender wrestling i mean there were there really wasn't a lot of it in this match it was mostly gaga when when she got in the ring it was fine does this mean this is over now? 
Um, they may well. Uh, I I think it's either next to last or it ends on Raw at some point. But we're we're okay. close. We're I'm, close. Yeah, I'm. I can't. I can't anymore. Like <laughs> this. This feud is making me not enjoy watching Chris Chris Jericho work, and it, yeah, it's. I, I yeah, I, I have my head in my hands through most of this match, even though I'm like, why why am I watching this thing? This thing, <laughs> I'm so tired. I'm so tired of this feud. I just want it to stop. I just want it to go away. Are you sure? I'm very sure. So, uh, I mean, but all things considered, even despite that, you know, I'm, I'm going to give it the old Orange Cassidy as well. Yeah, as uh, far as my opinion on it, I didn't hate it. I think just most more than anything, I'm just kind of, you know, just tired of this feud. It was serviceable, inoffensive, and hopefully it's over, though I have a feeling it's not. So, thumbs, you know, yeah, just a, a, a smidgen towards up. We cut backstage to, I've been waiting to talk about this, Eugene. Ooh, Eugene. We finally entered the Eugene era. He is reading a uh, magazine with big breasts Tori Wilson on the cover. It's <laughs> <laughs> her full as uh, her full birth given name. And he uh he wanders into the women's locker room where we find Gail Kim changing her clothes. Oh my goodness. So uh <laughs> Let's, Pardon let's, the pun, but this is my my first exposure to Gail Kim, and uh, oh. yeah, I'm a fan. You've never seen Gail Kim before? Not really. I've never really paid attention. Like I said, for me, this is a, the first. Like I'm watching a lot of this for the first time, and a few episodes back, I pulled the name out of my out of my butt just using it in, on a JR rant, and you're like, "Oh yeah, she's coming up soon." I'm like really she's involved in this point so yeah i know this is my first and ever time seeing gail kim not in a video game it just turns into this back and forth sort of like ah you're you're seeing me in a uh, immodest uh position and eugene's just like ah <laughs> so, i'm yelling because you're yelling basically it's like get out get out uh and then oh you can you can finish explaining to <laughs> But let's talk about Eugene just for just for a bit. This is one of the most controversial gimmicks in wrestling history, and it's not hard to see why. Um, Kyle, what is the, the politically correct explanation of Eugene if you had to describe him to a non-wrestling fan? I mean, it's, it's hard to say, like, if they're trying to go for a specific kind of condition. I won't go into that kind of thought, I guess. But he's supposed to be a person with special needs that is a huge wrestling fan to the point where he's almost like a wrestling savant. We saw the debut of Eugene on Monday Night Raw a couple weeks prior to this, where we saw the return of William Regal. And he's like, I'm, I'm glad to be back on Raw. And Eric Bischoff's like, who said you were back on Raw? You've been gone for a long time with your freaking stomach parasite that almost killed you. And, you big uh, baby. <laughs> so uh, William Regal has to earn his, his spot back on Raw. So he wants him to manage a, a talent. And William Regal's like, I can do that, no problem. And he's like, well, this talent is special. He's <laughs> like, I could, I could manage a special talent, no problem, no problem at all, sunshine. And so, 
uh, Eric Bischoff's like, well, he's here. He's here in the arena. And he's like, go find him. And so William Regal, he's looking all over for Eugene. Eugene Dinsmore is what they uh, what they referred to him as. Well, and, they actually opened with his name. Yeah, th- they, they dropped it, and they just call him Eugene after that. But he's going all over the arena. He's like, have you seen Eugene? And I'm just thinking, like, how are they supposed to know who who – Eugene is it's kind of a common name there but um he's like have you seen Eugene just to everybody and well we see Eugene wearing his uh, inverted jacket his wrestling gear simply repeating his name over and over going Eugene 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 and uh, William Regal discovers that uh well he's a special talent indeed <laughs> Later on on that Raw, William Regal's like, you can't pair me with him. He's a, he's not right in the head. You know, that's that sort of stuff. And Eric Bischoff's like, well, where is he? And William Regal's like, he's right outside the door. And he's like, what do you mean? You can't let him out of your sight. And so we see Eugene go out to the stage, and he's messing with Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler. And he starts licking Jerry Lawler's face. <laughs> my goodness Jim Ross actually had a pretty funny line he's like he's gonna get food poisoning after that <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, here, here's my issue with that though Eric Bischoff he's like oh you can't let Eugene out of your sight what are you doing but uh William Regal found him on Raw by himself nobody was watching him Right. So, like, big, big plot hole right there. So, yeah, as far as Eugene goes, we, we're going to see a pretty big push uh, culminating at SummerSlam of 04. Eugene was the talk of the lunch table every week at my school. And you have half the people saying, oh, he actually is. He actually is mentally handicapped. And then you have the other saying, oh, man, no, he's not. There's no way. There's no. It was always that point of discussion at the lunch table. What did you guys make of this back in the day? Jake, I know this is your first exposure to Eugene, but what about you, Kyle? Oh, goodness. Uh, It's like I never. I think like when you see him, you could honestly see like, oh, well, of course, you know, teenage boy reaction is going to be like, oh, look at him. He's R. But <laughs> he's a rated yeah. R. <laughs> yeah. God. He's a really rated R. <laughs> but I don't know. I, I think we always just kind of, I didn't really care about that aspect, which I always thought he was just kind of funny. When I think of Eugene, I always think of him kind of later on, like when he kind of was like screwed around with like the, the DX revival. And he got splattered with the green stuff, and it just, <laughs> he just stayed kept wearing that jacket. Stained his jacket permanently, or whenever. Do you remember whenever he teamed up with Hacksaw Jim Duggan? Dude, yes, I do. Yeah, I. Uh, whenever I went to Raw in high school, they were in like the uh, like the heat match, and people were going nuts for him. Like we were like, "You changed, Jim Duggan, cool." <laughs> my, my whole thought was that the whole time though was like, "Is this how Vince views Hacksaw Jim Duggan as like on the same?" level as eugene and, and i don't mean talent wise i mean uh, cognitive. and i'm just f- picturing like them backstage and jim duggan has to be like vince you, you know i'm not mental i i'm not mentally handicapped right and he's like, yes you are <laughs> pick up the two by four and go out there 
<laughs> so anyway, um, we're going to be talking about Eugene for quite some time. But um, goody. So strap in. <laughs> goody for Eugene. Transitioning from that, though, um, you guys may not notice because you probably don't have the DVD like I do. There are Ooh. five minutes missing from the Peacock version. And I wondered, what could that be for? And, well, I soon found out. We cut to a promo package for Chris Benoit. Returning to his hometown of Edmonton, where tonight's backlash is being held. And he's returning a hometown hero. And I'm going to splice in a clip at some point in my discussion, but... uh. Uh, he's returning he's returning a hero because he went out and lived his dream, his 18-year odyssey to the World Heavyweight Championship. And the mayor of Edmonton decrees it Chris Benoit Day. Guys, this is... We make a lot of jokes. And, like, we try not to take things too seriously, but watching this was really hard. Uh, I actually uh, found a news clip, not a news clip, or yeah, a news clip of uh, just a local news station like uh, documenting this uh, back in the day, and seeing how emotional Chris Benoit's parents were, and how emotional the fans in uh, uh, witnessing it at this, uh, they're kind of like at this little pavilion, this little building getting super emotional chanting for Benoit. Benoit's tearing up. Everybody's just kind of emotional about it. It's, it was hard to watch. Mm. Cause like guys, we all loved Benoit. I feel like I can speak for us when I say that. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I I love Benoit, one of the best wrestlers of all time. And so all these things were deserved. He worked so hard for these things. And kind of like the, the, the song I played at the, the beginning of this episode, the the lyrics to the the promo package that they use for the Finger Eleven song, uh, One Thing, uh, if I traded it all, if I gave it all away for one thing, wouldn't that be something? It's just, oh my gosh, it's starting, we're starting to get to that point where it's like this was, uh, this was a remarkable time in this whole sad, depressing saga. You guys have any any thoughts on uh, Chris Benoit Day or uh, him returning to his hometown? Man, can, how do you, how do you cancel Chris Benoit Day? Do you just like never bring it up again? I'm guessing so. You just don't celebrate it again. You just okay. I don't know. That's that's weird. That's like it's wild to to look at something to. I mean, because yeah, we were all big Benoit fans. I became more of a Benoit fan when I was older because I realized how how angry he he could make me. Yeah, this that's it's that's a little uh little weird. Yeah, Benoit day. I don't know. <laughs> what do you go? What do you do? What do you do with that now? Ugh. I've been able to look at all the Chris Benoit stuff and just like dismiss it and not be attached to it just because of everything he did. And you know, I already addressed it. I'm not getting into all of that, but it's I found myself for the first time on this journey finding myself saddened at not only Benoit the wrestler and all his accomplishments, but Benoit the person. Uh, it was 
it was sad and, and it's always going to be especially for for nancy and daniel obviously but uh man this Sunday will be Chris Benoit Day in Edmonton. The proclamation was made today by the mayor in honor of this city's wrestling hero. It was an emotional day for the star as his fans paid tribute to him at City Hall. The Tripler, Chris Benoit. I'm Mayor Bill Smith to hereby proclaim April the 18th, 2004, Chris Benoit Day in Edmonton. Chris. You guys have shown up to show your support. You know, you guys really at home. You're really at home and, you know. No matter where I was in the world, every time I walked out through that curtain, that not only did I represent Chris Benoit, but I represented Edmonton. It's just really emotional. Really emotional. So proud. You talk to children and they want to be firemen, policemen, doctors, lawyers. Chris always wanted to be a wrestler. And in the end, that's what he ended up being. Just over 18 years ago, I pulled out of Edmonton in my 1974 rusted out gremlin on my way to Calgary for my first show ever working for Stu Hart and Stampede Wrestling. And, uh, you know, here I am just over 18 years later coming home with the uh, World Heavyweight Championship. I thought it was wicked. You know, everybody cheering and everything like that and everybody saying Benoit, Benoit, Benoit. Eh, it's pretty cool. It comes out, what's going through your mind? Okay, I'm like, it's Chris Benoit, man, the best, you know? Oh, man. Okay, I uh, lost all of uh, my uh, voice uh, cheering for the guy. People exploded and started applauding. It's like every time they applauded, I could feel my emotions, you know, my emotion, emotions were, were growing more and more, and they were about to boil over us, you know? But I've broken down in tears. I would have broken down in tears. That's, that's what happened to me at WrestleMania. And I just want to thank all of you guys for coming out and showing the world. I, I think on that note, let's, let's cut to a commercial break, and we'll be right back with the Ruthless Aggression Podcast. Oh, yeah. Blue. It's the mix. 
LaDouche. Guy LaDouche. Men want to be him. Women want to do him. Is it his physique, impeccable style, and rugged good looks? No. It's his dedication to work out in the field. For LaDouche is not afraid to tackle the tough issues. Admit it. You are totally hooked on drugs, yeah. right? Yeah. And ask the questions you want to know. Who gets to give Guy a lap dance? Guy LaDouche, one of MXC's finest. <laughs> Check your local listings to watch LaDouche in MXC. Only on Spike. They're me. She's new. There's this guy in my calculus class. I could talk to him for you. And on April 30th... We're gonna do something. She's not going to take it anymore. Love ya. Mean Girls. Rated PG-13. They're coming April 30th. War hero Chris Vaughn has returned home. Ma! Chris is here! Don't you get tired of being all that you could be? No, I'm still all I can be. Yeah, we'll see about that. But the town he thought he knew... This ain't exactly home anymore. ...has lost its innocence. Welcome to my world. It was crystal meth. Where'd you get the drugs? From the guys at the casino. I'm not gonna let this stand. I'm the sheriff here. I'll tell you what'll stand. Now, one man won't back down. Guess that changes our relationship a bit, huh? Whoever did this left him for dead. Sheriff's up for re-election. Then we could take his job. What's the problem, Sheriff? Get your taillights fixed. What's wrong with my taillights? They're broken. You're gonna get hurt. Stand up. Do it. Sheriff, are you home? <laughs> Fight back. Walk tall. This is my town. Walking tall. Stand up! Stand up and move with now. That's what I call music. Volume 15. 20 of the hottest chart-topping hits from your favorite superstar acts. Featuring, no doubt, Nora Jones and Sarah Connor. has every hit you want, all from the top of today's charts, including Beyonce, Sheryl Crow, Black Eyed Peas, and many more. Music.com. $18.98 plus $4.95 shipping and handling. You'll receive this cool cell phone pouch free with paid order. Now 15 will have you feeling the hits with Blink 182, Shingy, Baby Bash, and Jessica Simpson. Part of the Now Nation. Get Now, that's what I call music. Volume 15. 20 of your favorite hits from Eamon, Five for Fighting, and Fuel. Call now to complete your collection today with Now, that's what I call music. Volume 15. To order, call the number on your screen or order online at nowthatsmusic.com. $18.98 plus $4.95 shipping and handling. And you'll receive your cool cell phone pouch free with paid order. Call now. Rush delivery available.
Anyways, it's a WWE Women's Title Match. Toria takes on Lita. Lita won a battle royal to become the number one contender for the women's title. And that's pretty much the whole build. Victoria is now just this squeaky clean baby face. Still coming out to the tattoo song, so it doesn't quite fit her character anymore. But, uh, hey, I'm a, I'm a big tattoo mark, you know, all the things she said. Kyle, correct me if I'm shit. wrong. You, you hated that song, right? I hated that song. <laughs> Since I love to punish you on the show, can we get a little Ruthless Aggression cover? As good as I'm doing, <laughs> I'll I'll take it. <laughs> I'm sorry. He's dying. He's dying. We get a lock up, and it sends them like dumping to the floor. Oh my gosh! I thought Lita broke her neck again. Nice. Crowd are exceptionally quiet for this match. This match has no heat at all. No. None. We get back in the ring. We get another pinfall reversal sequence. We uh, get Victoria's twerking uh, moonsault, I guess, for lack of a better word. <laughs> <laughs> that was so weird. She did like a little like a little shimmy shake, and then she just did a moonsault. Kevin Dunn missed his cue, man. Yeah, you should have been right on top of it. <laughs> More like Kevin Buns. They, they didn't know how to uh, to sell that on commentary either. And Jerry Law was like, oh, her gyrating moonsault. <laughs> but because, of course, if they got the right camera angle, he'd probably say, I, I can see her butthole. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> so, almost sounded like Paul Bear at that point. Oh, oh yeah. I can see her butthole. <laughs> Undertaker. You will show me those puppies. No! <laughs> so we get a surfboard stretch. We're back up, and Victoria tries the spinning side slam. Say that five times fast. Spinning side slam, spinning side slam. Yep. Wait, I, I can't do it. <laughs> but Lita reverses into a nice head scissors, and it pops the crowd. The crowd had been really quiet up to that point. Nice. Lita gets a suplex and nips up. Followed by another quick hurricanrana. We get a sleeper hold to put Victoria down. Victoria makes the ropes, though. And now the side slam connects. And then we get a moonsault. And I guess that Lita was supposed to be, like, far enough away. But Victoria hit her in the head. Mm-hmm. Well, did she hit her in the head, or was it kind of like on the, kind of like on the side, like the hip? I don't know. I'm pretty sure it was the head. Okay. But either way, she, she hit her, but it's supposed to be a miss. But anyway. I hate it, too, because King on the commentary is like, oh, she just missed it. And I'm like, no, she clearly no. clipped her, but. <laughs> Lita gets a reverse twist of fate. Still using that after Matt Hardy broke her heart. Lita goes for the pin, but only gets two. So she goes for a snap DDT. But Victoria reverses into a small package to retain the women's championship. Kyle, what did you think about the match? Uh, gonna say match of the night. Big thumbs up. No, um, it, you know it was it was it was a pretty solid. I don't really know if it comes down to whoever 
just kind of like helps plan the match, but it just didn't have an didn't have enough sizzle, folks. You know, the ending was a little lame, but you know, it's inoffensive. I didn't hate it. And there's some things that popped me. Big old hurricane. I don't know. It's somewhere between a thumbs middle and a thumbs up soft one. <laughs> Two of the better workers on the roster for, mm-hmm. for the women. And I mean, they don't do anything that's egregiously bad, but it's just kind of there. It's okay. Thumbs middle. Yeah. Like it felt like they could have, they could have done more. Like, you know, it's a big old pay-per-view and this felt more like a, a better match you'd see on like raw <laughs> or SmackDown to be fair. You guys are a lot nicer than I'm going to be because I say thumbs down. Match had no heat, but that's not necessarily their fault. I felt like they did not have good chemistry at all. I think Lita is uber overrated. I think she's really sloppy, and I thought she was really sloppy in this match. They just didn't gel well. Which is a shame. Yeah. I feel like they could have had a good match. I don't think Lita's incapable of having a bad match. I just think she's overrated. Now, you know, her character's awesome. You know, she came out wearing her thong. Everyone went crazy. But now she's not wearing that thong no more. You got to get over it on your own. And um, It's the first thing King said when she came out the entrance. Went, What's the thong, damn it? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Lita, I'm going to have to dock you some on that, uh, that payout. You didn't wear the thong. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's just my opinion. It's just like, I think Lita's pretty sloppy. Well, I want to be honest, Levi. Your opinion is wrong, and you should get out. No. <laughs> Honestly, like, Lita's one of those people that's like, like, my brain wants to say Lita's good, but when I stop and think, I really haven't seen enough of her to really form a huge opinion. She's just always kind of just been there. Like, honestly, I think I have more of an opinion of a Victoria than I do of Lita. Yeah. Victoria at least had that, like, established character of, like, oh, she's crazy. <laughs> I missed the crazy character. Now she's just kind of there. <laughs> she's white meat baby face. Yeah. Pandering to the crowd, like, hey, little child in the front row, give me a kiss on the cheek. It'll make your whole life. Hey, didn't you say pretty little puppies a year ago? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> now she's like, check out these hot mamas. <laughs> So after the match, we have Molly Holly and Gail Kim run in. With the with a great wig. I love that yeah. wig. <laughs> I like how there's like the obvious strap on it too. Now what one thing I love about this is that Molly Holly is doing at first when she first got her head shaved on Raw, she's like, This is my hair, this is totally my hair. But on the post match on the DVD, Gail Kim's like, You look amazing. Your hair looks so natural. She's like what are you talking about? It's fake. It's a wig. <laughs> She's just distraught over her situation. I loved it. Honestly, man, like, I, I feel bad for Molly Holly. She just seems to be like Vince McMahon's weird lady punching bag, kind of. But she's fantastic. I love Molly Holly.
Holds barred, falls count anywhere, intercontinental title match as Randy Orton takes on Nicholas Foley. Reality check, Mick! I'm the intercontinental champion! I'm only 23 years old! Mick, I haven't even reached my prime yet. And look at you! You're fat, disgusting, you're all broken down, you're a glory hound, and you're blinded, Mick, by your own ego as to the fact that your time is over. If I have to beat it into your skull, Mick Foley, that in the year 2000, sure, you might have been the hardcore legend. But, right now, you're just Randy Orton's bitch. Randy Orton, you want a piece of me so bad that we do it on my terms. One-on-one, evolution banned from ringside, intercontinental title, up for grabs. No rules, no holds barred, anything goes. Will you become the hardcore legend of Backlash, or will you always be a sniveling, no-guts, little whip? Yes or no, Randy, what's it gonna be? Yes. I've always found the world hardcore really had nothing to do with chairs. It had nothing to really do with tables, garbage cans, cookie sheets. The wind hardcore signified that I love the fans enough to put my body through unimaginable pain. And even when I had the chance to take part in some barbaric matches, deep down in my heart I rested with the comfort that I was doing it for love. And I swore I'd never go back. But in trying to recapture the passion that I thought I lacked at WrestleMania, I went back and I looked at the tapes. It wasn't the barbed wire. It wasn't the tax that caught my eye. It was my eye. And it was there that said deep down, maybe there was a little part of me that didn't mind inflicting that type of damage. Deep down when I heard the scream, the suffering, the agony, maybe deep down, I even loved it. Randy Orton, these were honorable men. They never spit in my face. They never took cheap shot, triple team efforts to send me to the hospital. But the fact is, when I had the chance, I wrapped the arm in barbed wire and I tore them apart. So if I were you, I'd be asking myself a simple question, and that question would be, then what the hell is this man going to do to me at Backlash, knowing full well he hates my guts? The answer, Randy Orton, is simple. I'm gonna tear you apart. I'm gonna take Barbie. And I'm gonna be off. I'm gonna teach you what it means to be hardcore. I'm gonna tear. I'm gonna gorge. And I'm going to... Love it. This is the culmination of the feud that started in June of the prior year. 
I really enjoyed this build. This is what they should have had at WrestleMania, honestly. You have Mick Foley sitting in a chair, rocking back and forth. He's talking about his past in, in death matches and hardcore matches, how he's watching them back. And he says he notices his eyes and that all the things he did, wrapping up the arm in barbed wire and tearing dudes apart, there was part of him that, that liked it. And so he poses a question to Randy Orton. These guys that didn't spit in my face, didn't call me a coward, didn't do this or that, I destroyed these guys. I, I tore them apart. What do you think I'm going to do to you? I loved that, man. That was a money line. Mm-hmm. Honestly, this is probably the hottest feud on the show, despite it not being the main event. Yeah, really. Like, frankly, like of of the the when I think of this pay per view, like this is the the feud, the match that kind of sticks out to me the most personally. Mick Foley, he carries around Barbie for the next couple of weeks <laughs> on Raw, and he's just <laughs> these dudes are just like, get away from me! I want nothing to do with you. You see, like, dread coming over Randy Orton because Evolution is banned from ringside and anything goes. This is Mick Foley's specialty match. Oh, not Mick Foley, Cactus Jack. Bang, twice. <laughs> so, I'm pumped for this, man. Uh, and, and as Jake said, this is the hottest match on the card. Um, now, whether it's the best is, you know, up to your opinion, but... Um, yeah, this is good stuff. It's good stuff. McFoley's actually down, I think it was... He was down to 270? Dang. He, lo- he lost a lot of weight. Talks about his weight cut in one of his books. Uh, he's in tremendous shape. Like, quite possibly the best I've ever seen him. And, and we'll get more into that as we go on the match. But uh, what do you guys make of Slim McFoley here? I think he looks... Like you say, he looks as good as he's looked in a long time. Yeah, I'm like when he comes out, he comes out looking like a looking like a star. So Mm -hmm. you don't have to look, you don't have to have a six pack and look like a million bucks to be a star. And Mick Foley shows that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like Mick Foley, I've come to actually really appreciate him. Dear, I feel like I've watched a lot of like Mick Foley just from like kind of mid '90s up until now, and before when I think of Mick Foley, I'd kind of think of like late career him. And that's like, it was always one of those willy won't retires. And it just kind of, I don't want to say he's like a shadow of himself, but he certainly wasn't on his, his top game. But here at Backlash, it's like, dang, he's looking as good as he ever has. And it got me getting pumped for this match. I definitely popped. There's a, a we'll talk about it when he gets there. I popped at a point during this match and I, I did not expect it. I think I know what you're talking about, but we'll get into that. Right. I don't think you do. I don't okay. think you do either, Levi. <laughs> okay, well, let's get into I it. I think Levi's stupid, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> so Orton, he comes out with a garbage can full of weapons, including a barbed wire 2x4. Cactus Jack, he comes out to Mick Foley's music. I thought that was a little weird. I wish he would have come out to the Cactus great. Jack music. Just, just like one of those royalty-free tracks, unfortunately. So I guess they couldn't use it. Cactus Jack, he comes out and he brings out Barbie and he uses it to knock the trash can out of Randy Orton's hand. He's just got him cornered, wailing that freaking baseball bat at him. It's so awesome. I will say a moment, like a little before that, like as uh, Cactus Jack was coming down with the the baseball bat, like Randy Orton had like the two by four wire. Yeah. As he was trying to look intimidating, 
but it whoever wrapped it didn't spool it right and it all came undone and actually i think it helped the moment because randy Orton suddenly was like oh, oh. <laughs> just made him look like, like a, a total dork yeah it was great it's like i my my yeah because and then you see mick try to pick it up later and he's like i can't do anything with this <laughs> so randy orton he just runs for his life exits the ring and we get a drop toehold to send cactus jack into the steps randy orton gets a hold of barbie and Jim Ross says, oh, I could see Orton playing with Barbie. <laughs> As in the doll. Yeah, yeah, we get it. We get it. You're real funny there, yeah, JR. Real funny, Jim. God. Stick to the sauce, old man. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> he just says, get, get it, folks. Get it. So Cactus Jack punches him in the face. Orton smashes him in the head with some trash can shots. So Cactus Jack kicks him in the face. They go inside for the first time, and Cactus Jack hits a running knee lift and a leg drop. What surprises me about this match is how Foley is just, like, bumping and running around and coming off the top rope. He is moving exceptionally well for what we know from him. He's performing like he has something to prove in this match. And he yeah, did. Definitely. I mean, we, we noted how he felt about the WrestleMania 20 match with uh, Evolution and him tagging with The Rock and how he didn't like it. He really felt like he had something to prove in this match. And it shows. Yeah. I mean, even like when I think of like some more recent, um, like earlier hardcore stuff I've seen of him, it's, it's what he's doing here. It seems a little more robust. <laughs> he's not just taking like 20 chair shots. That's about it. Right. It's a hardcore match. And like, you know, it's got the gimmick and the webs and everything, but his actual moves add so much to it. Mm-hmm. So we get a baseball slide from Cactus Jack, and it sends Orton to the floor. Cactus Jack comes up with an elbow, but Orton gets right out of the way just in time. They head up the ramp with Randy Orton getting a belly-to-back suplex. He goes for the pin, but only gets two right there on the entrance ramp. So Orton, he slams Cactus Jack headfirst into the ramp. He rams him into the steps, but Cactus Jack kicks him low to avoid the barbed wire going into his face. Cactus Jack pulls out Mr. Sacco, and the crowd is behind it, but McFoley then points to the to Barbie. And so he's saying, which one should I do? And he, uh, he opts for Barbie after the fans cheer loud enough for that one. <gasps> And he gets a shot to Orton with Barbie and busts Orton wide open. And the blood streaming down Orton's face is a really cool and, like, just graphic visual. Yeah. Randy really put it... Randy, we're giving a lot of credit to to Mick, but Randy really did a lot of work in this match, too. He, He definitely put on... Yeah, honestly, like after this match, I, I imagine like people in the back were like, damn, yeah, we really backed the right horse on this dude. <laughs> Foley drives the bat at once more into the face of Randy Orton. You know, we were making fun of him, but kudos to Kevin Dunn getting a wide shot of that. And then as you focus back in on the face of Orton, it looks like more damage was caused because he's bleeding even more. So mm-hmm. I- I'll give him credit there. That was a good job. JR says, he could be on the cover of Disfigurement Weekly. <laughs> also, like, the facial expressions of Cactus Jack are, are, are really cool here because he just seems, like, demented. He's just, like, fixated on inflicting pain on Randy Orton. They talk about, like, the face all the time, like, in these wrestling podcasts I listen to. Like, oh, you got to get good facials in there. You got to get good facials. McFoley, he's got it down pretty good. 
Oh, yeah, definitely. Gets Orton down in the corner and hits a running knee. And then he takes off Orton's shirt, revealing his extraordinarily long nipples to the crowd. The crowd goes <laughs> wild. He gets embarrassed. He, he tucks them under his armpits for the rest of the match so we can't notice. <laughs> tucks them <laughs> under his armpits. Ew. <laughs> he gets back and Triple H is like, I told you, all they care about is the nip. So this was really painful as uh, Cactus Jack busts it wide open, spreads Orton's legs, and uh, puts Barbie on Orton's crotch. And uh, to, borrow, <laughs> to borrow a line from Tony Schiavone, um, he really needed a, a, a jock strap here, Conrad. <laughs> uh, Randy Orton and Mick Foley <laughs> takes Barbie and leg drops the bat onto his crotch. Boom. Oh my gosh. Everyone's like, oh, like in the crowd. It was so awesome. Sweater! <laughs> JR's like, I'm going to throw up. <laughs> but oh my gosh, what a spot. Cactus Jack goes over to Orton's little bitty thing of weapons. And he throws the two by four down in disgust because it was not, it's not coiled correctly, as Kyle uh, aforementioned. But instead, he goes to the ring. He goes under the ring and gets a canister of gasoline and a lighter. And he pours gasoline over Barbie. And then Eric Bischoff shows up. <laughs> for no reason. Not for no reason, but to say, <laughs> if you light that on fire, the fire marshal's gonna show up and everyone's not gonna see the end of Backlash. Ooh, and even still ooh. the fans are like light it on fire light it on fire yeah they're like we don't care we don't care <laughs> it's like uh i i guess i understand why they did this kind of things to get heat make it seem like, oh he's still gonna do anything it's crazy but it's like when you set it up and there's no payoff it, it didn't take away like much from the match but in the moment i was like oh <laughs> you know if this was modern day wwe i feel like we, we would have seen mcfoley do it you know, because they're in the Thunderdome, or they have like a few fans here or there. Uh, they would have actually brought out a guy they call the Fire Marshal. Would have kicked everybody out in the next week. He's just a character on TV. <laughs> Cyrus the Virus. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I won't won't harp on modern day WWE too much for those of y'all who like it. And it's, it's not for me, but anyway. Yeah, both um, of you. <laughs> if you watch modern day WWE and enjoy it, uh. I got respect for you. That, that That is no easy task. You must be a complete masochist. <laughs> but um, but anyway. Uh, so instead of fire, Mick Foley goes to get a board covered in barbed wire. And this is legit barbed wire, as we would soon find out. Orton pulls some powder and covers the eyes of Cactus Jack. This allows Orton to slam Cactus Jack onto the barbed wire board. Oh my gosh. And then he whips him into the board in the corner... And it tears open Cactus Jack's arm. He is bloodied. Oh, my goodness. I love that spot because when Randy threw him into it, it bounced back. And so Mick, he, he was probably wanting to fall, but he you know couldn't. Otherwise, that would have fallen. And so he just comes over and kicks him right into it. <laughs> just kind of just to put the exclamation point on it. There's part of me that's like, why didn't you use the rubber-tipped barbed wire? But there's another part of me that's like, that's really cool. Like, this mm -hmm. is what a hardcore match should be. Being an adult, it's like you worry for these guys' well-being. 
But as a kid, you're just like, yeah, destroy him, tear him open. Why so, slit his throat? Yeah. So I feel like these things are like clashing in me in this match as I'm watching it. Randy Orton, he goes to uh, get a bag. And what I love about this setup is that the crowd don't know what's in the bag. or Like any wrestling fans should know it's like there's tags in that bag. I thought it was full of sand. I was surprised. <laughs> so uh, when he uh, drops out the tax, the audience lose their mind. They're like, oh, my gosh. Ah. We're so, going to see a man die. And so Randy Orton, he's setting up methodically to RKO McFoley into this pile of tax. He, he hits off the ropes, goes for the RKO. McFoley shoves him off. Randy Orton splashes right into the tax. Here it comes! What a brutal spot. And I love I love Jerry Lawler's calling this so much that it's part of our theme song. That sound bite of him screaming at the top of his lungs. But <gasps> What a brutal spot that was. I love it too, because like after Randy dumps the tax, you can see he's like trying to like gears in motion, just figure out how to make this work. Like I gotta RKO him into it. You can see him throw up the arms, kind of like pretending to RKO for like a millisecond just to right. get his positioning. I loved it. Uh this has also landed Randy Orton with the Pepsi Blue Splash of the Night. And now it's time for the Pepsi Blue Splash of the Night. Jesus God! Hey. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, Randy Orton is absolutely covered in tax up to this point. They lead up to fight on the ramp, and they are they kind of go in the backstage area for a little bit, and then they come back soon after came out really quickly, almost like, he's like, I gotta get something out of my eye. Let's walk back here no, really quick. No. Um, if you pay attention, I guess Randy, how he fell, he uh, landed kind of, I guess, landed on someone on his arm and his hand, and he had several tacks just in the palm of his hand. And you can see him trying to kind of pull him out as he's walking around the ring, so I guess he was like, hey, real quick, let's run back here so I can rip these all out without looking like a bitch. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing, yeah. But, man, ugh. But soon after they come out, Cactus Jack just throws Randy Orton off the stage onto tables, just just like that. It was one, <laughs> it was so cool. There was no setup for that at all. It just happened. Like I love that. Because mm-hmm. I feel like modern day like wrestling, you just you're fixated on the tables. Like they'll a table will be set up, and you're just like, all right. At some point, someone's going through that. Here comes the table, yeah. But I love the 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 unexpected nature of this, where it's just like, oh, he threw him. Oh my gosh, he went through tables. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. We have like referees coming out to check on him, and then Cactus Jack starts wailing off on the referees because he's just crazy like that. And then Cactus Jack comes off the stage with a big elbow. This is the spot, and I'll I'll tell you why because. Uh, the the first angle they kind of show you uh, when the when he hits the elbow, but on the second angle he gets within about twelve inches a foot to a sharp piece of wood that's pointing right at his face. Oh my goodness! I, didn't even I did not that. catch yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. They break off a, a chunk of the 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 thing that he that Orton fell through, and go back and watch it when Mick 
does the elbow drop, he's going right at this jutting out piece of wood that's pointed right at him. So like for him to make that and land it and it, it, it had to be perfect. Props to him. It, it absolutely was. So he goes for the cover, gets the pin, but only good for two. Even after all that. We get back in the ring. We get a double arm DDT. Cactus Jack goes for the pin, but only gets two. So he goes after the board again. And that's enough to delay for Orton to get in some shots with Barbie. And Cactus Jack is bleeding from the face. We get one more shot that knocks Cactus Jack down. But he lands on Mr. Socko. And we get the mandible claw. But Orton gets in a low blow. He gets in an RKO. It goes for the cover, but only good for two. Mick Foley, Cactus Jack will not die. But soon after that, we get another RKO onto Barbie. That's enough to retain the Intercontinental Championship. And I'll go first here. It's awesome. It's one of the best hardcore matches of all time. It's thumbs way up. As far as I can get that thumb. Randy Orton, this was uh, a pivotal match in his career to make him a star. That should not go missed on the effort of Mick Foley to get in shape, to bump his freaking butt off, to run around and jump off and put over Orton so, so well. They both did a tremendous job in this match. I can't disagree with you. Everything you said is is true. This match, I mean, this is probably my match of the night over, over the main event. Um, just the way these two guys laid it all out on the line and just, they wanted to steal the show and they absolutely did. I really, really enjoyed it. Like, honestly, like I kind of, kind of have to edge it out to this just because like, you know, we've seen the main event before, whereas this is like, it's its own little beast. And not only that, but it's just like textbook, just perfect, uh, about as perfect as you can be like a really great WWE hardcore match. And oh yeah, definitely big old, big old thumbs up match of the night. And, uh, I, I, I tip my, my Pepsi blue to you. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, I tip my pecker. <laughs> oh God, come on there. Everything doesn't have to be about pickers. We cut backstage to Triple H being interviewed. Triple H, he says, you know, congrats Randy on his victory. Like that's what evolution's all about, daddy. He's proud of Orton. And uh, Triple H just talks about how he's going to beat Crispin Long, John Michaels, blah, 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 blah. We all know Triple H is definitely winning tonight. Oh, yeah, definitely. Hey, guys, hope you've liked all the action, but hey, it's uh, time to take a little break and a break. On April 16th. Nothing to live for. We're really sorry about your family. You'll become a hero. Don't let your memories kill you. They can't kill me. I'm already dead. With everything to fight for. Those who do evil to others will come to know me well. Nothing's ever stood up for me before. The Punisher with R in theaters everywhere, April 16th. After you, you're the prey in a deadly game. You must do anything to survive. Can you stop the hunt before you are taken down? Manhunt by Rockstar Games. Rated
rated M for mature. Yes, I did it and I'll do it up. Blue, a fusion of berries with a splash of cola. Pepsi Blue, it's a blue thing. Welcome to the Bureau for Paranormal Research and Defense. Has been called upon. Hellboy. To stand against them. There are things that go bump in the night. And we are the ones who bump back. Are you going to be okay? How big can it be? You should be running. It's coming for us! Hellboy. Skip to the end, will you? How do I kill it? Ready PG-13. Absolutely no build to this match other than how it ends. And so, uh, well, let's get started. There's no heat for this match. Nobody cares. Um, so, Hurricane, he works on Conway's wrist to start before Rosie comes in to hip toss Hurricane onto Conway. We get a power slam, which gets Conway out of trouble, and it's Grenier coming in for a suplex. And the announcers are just talking about Orton versus Cactus Jack. <laughs> so, shows you how important everybody <laughs> views this match as. This is the definition of a let-me-up match. <laughs> so, Grenier, he slaps on a bear hug to Hurricane, and, well, here comes Eugene. Now, the reason he's here... He actually came down to the ring in a La Resistance match with an Easter bunny, like a little stuffed toy. And <laughs> I know this is going to sound weird, but yeah. uh, uh, La Resistance, they, they take the bunny and rip the head off and throw it out of the ring, and Eugene is just crying. He is distraught. They, they tore up his toy. And 
I talked about something similar to this in our Judgment Day 03 review of uh, when Brock Lesnar was choking Big Show and Big Show's just fading. I'm like, there's, it's it's weird, but I feel sad when I see Big Show or just like a big fat wrestler getting choked out. There's something sad about it to me. I feel sad. <laughs> I feel that same feeling when Eugene was lamenting over his toy. Like, I was just like, oh... That's sad. I, I, I feel bad for him. I, I, I wish I could repair his toy for him. Well, Levi, you're just a big mark. Oh, <laughs> folks. I feel bad for Eugene. Thinking about it now, like, there's no way in hell they're ever going to bring him back for like a, even like a dumb like guest spot. Which is sad, because like, he did more than like Boogeyman ever did in his career, and they love chilling him out. Yeah, Boogeyman lied to get there, and they act like he's some hero. That's that's yeah, how you Eugene. get rapport with Vince. That's how you do it. Like, that's how bring you get Eugene over. back. Vince brings back all the people that have wronged him or lied to him, but the people like uh, Bobby Heenan or whatever that you know they had a good relationship. It's like, no, I'm good. <laughs> don't be nice. Listen, to Vince. I bring them back so I feel good. I don't care about you. You already like me. <laughs> don't be nice to Vince. And so Eugene, he's he's down in the ring. He's, and they're like, oh, what's going on? And um, he starts uh, running the ropes in the middle of the match. It's a total video game spot where your buddy's just like doing random crap in the ring and your other bu- you're fighting with your other buddy. It's it's kind of funny. Kind of. Like you're getting beat up by like your one friend while the other one's just doing the spin in the corner. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> it's like, get in here, break this up. Hang on. <laughs> no, I gotta, I gotta finish my taunt animation so I can get more, uh, more on my power meter. Come on, I, I can get, get more wrestling juice. <laughs> I gotta fill my spirit meter, okay? Uh, and so William Regal, he's coming down. Uh, Rosie comes in and cleans house. Uh, he gets the hot tag, so to speak, and it's probably the worst hot tag in the history of the podcast uh, because it, there's no c- crowd reaction. And I get there distracted by Eugene, but there is no crowd reaction and it's awkward as, as just all get out, you know, <laughs> to see a hot tag to get no reaction. So Eugene, he starts playing with the Quebec flag. These uh, French Canadian men get sent to the floor and hurricane does a dive on the two of them. Like I said, Eugene, he's running the ropes. William Regal, he comes back. Uh, as Eugene is running the ropes, we have Hurricane going one-on-one with one of the French guys, I forget who, and Hurricane's mask randomly flies off. He does not cover his face. He does not go to get it. He just keeps wrestling. Uh, he hits the eye of the Hurricane for the pin and the win. And him and Rosie both do not have masks on. And they're just going about their business. So I don't know the kayfabe reason like, if he you, has done this before and it's just like, oh, okay, whatever. Don't have a mask. But I, I thought that was weird. That would be weird. It looks like uh, the Ace Reporter. Wait, do you think they're the same guy? Nah, I don't know. Maybe it's just coincidence. It's probably the lighting. <laughs> yeah, lighting's weird. Thumbs down. Don't need to say more than that. Law resistance don't belong on pay-per-view. Yeah, for real. Thumbs down. Can't really say much more. The best part was Eugene. <laughs> Thumbs down, clown.
big stipulation or anything. Edge. Hey. <laughs> well, I mean, I know Edge can't use his cast, but I mean, come on. No, you cut out. I was making fun of you. Oh, <laughs> I said, uh, no big stipulation or anything. It's just Edge versus Kane. But uh, Edge can't use the cast he has, Tee. Yep, he he will be suspended if he uses that cast, and so um. Yeah, not a lot going on here. Uh, Edge, he returned recently and speared Eric Bischoff, which, uh, you know, now he's at odds with Eric Bischoff, and so Bischoff put him in a match with Kane on this pay-per-view. I don't know if I've actually said it on the podcast yet, but um, I don't like Kane matches anymore. No. <laughs> They're boring. Really? They're boring. They're so boring. They're the same. All They're all the same. I know Kane is like revered backstage as like the safe worker. He's like the solid, dependable guy. And now that's translating for me on the screen. Because first of all, Kane's character is has just been like totally disregarded, like thrown out the window. Like who cares? Like he's been feuding with Shane McMahon and Steve Austin and like all these secondary guys. And now we're supposed to take him seriously in this edge match? Why? Because he's a monster. Yep. Yep, he says something evil and then laughs about it and then loses a match. Cool. <laughs> and then titty wobbles. He had plenty of those in this match. And it's so weird because, like, when people think of, like, spooky wrestler, it's like, you know, first Undertaker, then Kane. But, like, when you think about their careers, like, they couldn't be more different, especially late in their career. Undertaker was always revered and always booked, like, perfectly. And I, I guess he earned that by being so loyal yeah. to the company and being that solid guy for Vince, but... Kane, you know, he's supposed to be the brother of the Undertaker. Could he not get any of that? Like, I'm I sure guess. Kane was just like a yes man and was just like, oh, yeah, whatever you want to do, I'm cool with that. I'm sure he didn't say no that much. And so that, yeah. that's why he was landed in these positions. And I, I'm sure he didn't care. Like, Kane wasn't the worst, like, person on the card. Like, you know, he, he was never booked that bad. But, um, yeah, he wasn't a jobber or anything. No. So I'm sure he didn't care. But, like, for me, Kane remembered as this monster, you know, like this demon from hell. It's just <laughs> like, uh, it just doesn't translate for me. Back in the day it did. When I was a kid, I was just like, yeah, Kane, he's scary. Don't mess with him. But just watching it as an adult, I'm just like, why would you have any reason to fear Kane? Well, his name is Kane, and that's, like, pretty serious. It's like an allegory. He's see. such a loser. <laughs> Am I wrong? No, no, you're not wrong. <laughs> Honestly, I've kind of, I've kind of felt like, yeah, Kane is is his career trajectory. You know, it's it's very rocky. It's and weird. Like, it's the one re wrestler I feel like everybody can say they like, though I struggle to think of like the world's greatest Kane match. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What would that be? I I don't know. Versus Steve Austin it, for the title. It would be a match where the star wasn't him, frankly. And that's not to <laughs> knock him. It's just that, you know, under like comparing him to Undertaker, I feel like Undertaker if even like for his size, he's just a bit more dynamic whereas Kane he's mostly just a big man. There's nothing wrong with that, but you know, it has its limits. Yeah, Undertaker could bump and like especially those like WrestleMania matches with Shawn Michaels and CM Punk. Those are some good matches. And like, he held up his end of the bargain. He wasn't afraid to bump. But Kane, yeah, he's just a big guy.
Kane's not a stellar worker. And and I mean that from the sense of like uh, of like technical wrestling, like you know, Kane's peers would say he was he was great to work with. I'm not going to pretend like I'm some sort of like wrestling expert and say, "Oh, he was bad because blah blah blah." I'm just saying like he's he, he's a big man. He does big man things. You punch him and he wobbles, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you punch him and he wobbles. Jake, I know you like Kane, but, but what do you I think? I mean, it's it's hard. I'm sitting here, and you guys are like, I'm sitting there, like, well, you're not wrong. Everything you're saying is true. Uh, I don't. Kane's aura, like, he, he's a lot like the Big Show. He's a Where... good. He's a good threat. Unless you're gonna run with him, the character doesn't make any sense. That's a great way to put it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I think that's kind of how it is. Like his his gimmick being like, oh hell demon boy it's like i don't know it's like almost like the booking couldn't just live up to such a high concept i don't know but on the flip side we have edge here and i'm i'm noted on the podcast for like hating edge like at least in the 2002 period we didn't see him at all in 03 because of his broken neck so he's back and i was curious to see how i would feel about him and it did not take long for me to regain those feelings i hate edge in this match <laughs> I absolutely hate Edge in this match. He is so obnoxious. Like, he's just like, oh, grip my teeth. Oh, I'm so cool and bad. Oh, yeah. And then just, like, sells for the whole match. And it's just like, oh, man. Can't stand it. Could we really just not wait, like, another another month? Or we could have a match without a guy in a cast? Like, an actual cast? Edge backs up into the corner to start the match before being planted with a two-arm choke slam. We get a middle rope clothesline and gets Edge out of trouble to Kane. Uh, Kane bells to the floor before Edge can get a spear on him. Kane takes Edge's bad hand, the cast, and slams it into the steps, and Edge sells it like he just lost his arm. <sighs> this, this, It's so stupid. It's so stupid. It wouldn't hurt him at all. Like, do you think? You don't, do you think, you don't think we're all idiots? A recently broken arm. Casts are are hard. They're meant to protect you. That if you bump it, you won't feel a thing. Yeah, but if you slam it on something, you yeah, won't I'd have to say, like, I'd imagine if you thing. slammed it. That's why. They, that's right. why they well, did. How about we break, about we break your arm and then we'll test it? <laughs> I've never. Yes, I've if never you slam my bare bone. broken arm on steel steps, you will feel it. But can't. It's a cast. It's. It will protect him. I wore a cast when I was in the fifth grade and did the same thing. I would just deck my like hands against the wall just, just to be like, oh, this is cool. I don't feel it. You don't feel it. That's why they did it. But it's just like if you – well, I guess you guys kind of like prove why it worked because, <laughs> yeah. So I think it's stupid. Whatever. I think Whatever, it's Whatever, Levi. Res- wrestling's fake, Levi. Get over it. <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the day wrestling's fake the end of the day so yeah that, that's my whole thing about the match it's just that you know we get back in the ring and uh we get to work on the hand well i failed to mention earl hebner's the referee in this match and so we get you screwed brett chance and it's just, it's always going to be funny to me because I feel like Earl Hebner had the least amount to do with it. Yeah, he rang the bell, but he was told to. Yeah. And if he didn't, 
it still would have happened, you know. With or without Oral Hebner, the screw job would have happened. I don't get it. <laughs> but it's it's fun to chant, I, w- I would imagine. Edge, he uh, tries to get back in the match. He gets a big spin wheel kick. He gets hit with a big boot. Crowd are dead silent for it. We get a top rope clothesline miss, and Edge hits an implant DDT. We get Edge going for a spear, but the referee gets sent out to the floor from a part of it. Kane goes for the choke slam, and Edge kicks him right in the berries. Oh. And hits him with a cast. Why didn't that hurt? And nails the spear for the pin. Thumbs down. This match sucked. Jeez. Levi, has a, Levi has a vendetta against Edge's cast. I, I do. <laughs> I mean, I've seen that's yeah. You're, it's not a good match. Uh, when when you also when you're working with a guy who only has one working arm, it really limits what you're able to do. So yeah, thumb thumbs down for me. Uh yeah, same. I mean, this match to me was, I mean, not entirely forgettable. Like I'm gonna be honest, that last match, the Hurricane Rosie thing, like. I forgot that was even on the show, and I watched mm-hmm. it twice. <laughs> but this is just, it didn't do anything for me. Um, I don't really hate either guys. You know, it's just, it, you know, didn't do anything for me. So thumbs down. Well, with that being said, now it's time for the <laughs> main event of the evening. Yeah. time in Wrestlemania history the world title on the line where triple threat rules HBK and Chris Benoit will challenge the world's heavyweight champion Triple H three men with one goal this is going to boil down to a willpower JR who has the will to win all these men are battered they're hurt they're bruised two are bloody Triple H can time WrestleMania 20 was definitely the biggest night of my career. People said it was the greatest match in WrestleMania history. And now with Backlash, it'll become the greatest rematch of all time. Three guys believe honestly in their hearts that they're the best. Three of the greatest of all time, all with something to prove. Benoit, that he is more than just a one-hit wonder. Shawn Michaels, that he is still the icon. And Triple H, that that World Heavyweight Championship still belongs to me. So now it's time to separate fact from fiction. Once you step into that ring, the only person that you can rely on is yourself. Because only one of us can walk out to the world heavyweight champion. Shawn Michaels, Chris Benoit, and Triple H in one ring at the same time. The final encounter for the World Heavyweight 
championship. Three men with one goal. I'm all something to prove. Who has the will to win? A rematch of the greatest WrestleMania main event of all time. At Backlash, it's going to be Champion Chris Benoit takes on Shawn Michaels and Nipple H in a three-way. I already said, but whatever. So yeah, this is a rematch of WrestleMania 20. We have these guys kind of intermingling and feuding. Shawn Michaels and Chris Benoit have actually become pretty good buddies on Raw, which is which is good because they were uh, so heated going into WrestleMania. They actually almost won the tag team titles off Batista and Flair, but uh, well, shenanigans. Mm-hmm. there's really not much to say that that was the build it's uh coming off of wrestlemania and so Shawn michaels makes it clear that when the match comes the final encounter all bets are off and everyone's trying to plant doubt into the mind of chris benoit and saying you really think lightning can strike the same place twice and chris- hey, whenever uh Shawn, Shawn michaels and chris benoit talk backstage uh did you think that uh he, uh, Shawn Michaels is like, Chris, I have something I want to ask you. It, it, was that a reference to Chris Jericho and Trish Stratus? Maybe. <laughs> I, it took me a second to get there. I was like, I, I hate that joke. I'm not going to acknowledge it. Triple H is like, you think you can win the bet to see who gets... L-? Never mind. I'm not going down this road. God, who's got the longest nipples? <laughs> What'd you guys think about the 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 package? The uh, the, the package, uh, just the build of this match. Are you guys jazzed for the final encounter? Sure. Yeah. I I don't like triple threat matches. Once like once you once you see the 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 secret behind the triple threat match, it stops being entertaining. I got Somebody those vibes. Get, yeah. Someone gets thrown out of the ring, and two guys fight. Then someone else gets thrown out of the ring, and those two guys fight. And that guy gets a pin. And the third guy jumps in and breaks it. And there's no oh oh oh. Since it's a triple threat match, there's also no disqualification. So about 20 minutes into it, somebody's gonna grab a sledgehammer. I hear that, but I don't know. <laughs> I st- I still like triple threats, Teehee. I do too, and uh, it it just doesn't help that you have wrestlers on podcasts saying, "Oh man, I don't like triple threat matches because it's like they're hard to book." It's like, don't say that on a podcast, you know? <laughs> they're not hard to book. They're hard to do. Well, I mean, by proxy, you, you, you got to book it and, you know, figure out where you're going and then do it, you know? Nick, you, you know. The pop that Chris Benoit gets when he makes his entrance was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. From Edmonton, Alberta. <sighs> 
I love that. <laughs> yeah, I always love I always love when they're wrestling in their home city at a big event. Like Lillian Garcia always found a way to like put a little extra on the city name. I remember going to see Raw in 2018, and uh, I was in Dallas, and Ember Moon came up, and she's from Dallas, and I just I love. From Houston. They said she was from Dallas. Cool. And they said from Dallas, Texas, and everyone goes, oh, yeah, because we're all from Texas. So we get a stare down to start the match until Benoit chops away at Triple H with Shawn Michaels joining in. And I like how Benoit just like kind of shoves Michaels out of the way. And instead of retaliating, Shawn's just like, oh, no, okay. (laughs) All right, I guess you're going to fight him. Sean, he grabs a swinging neck breaker, but Triple H is in the back with a jumping knee to the face. He goes for the pedigree, but it gets reversed, and Sean and Triple H get together and knock Benoit to the floor. Benoit gets some German suplexes in, and then Sean gets whipped to the floor. He's right back up on the apron to break up an early cross face, and Benoit knocks him off the apron again. Triple H catches him on the top, and Sean comes back in to knock Benoit outside. There's a face buster. It drops Shawn Michaels. And then there's the diving headbutt from Chris Benoit. I felt like they were doing a pretty good job of just moving things along here. Like, so far, we got pretty good action out of the gate. Mm-hmm. Word. The referee gets bumped, and Benoit gets a sharpshooter on Triple H. Shawn Michaels comes in, diving for the save. So Benoit cross-faces him down. But that gets broken up. And then Shawn Michaels, uh, this is my favorite spot of the match. Shawn Michaels gets a sharpshooter on uh, Chris Benoit. And then Earl Hebner comes down to the ring. And they're just doing this thing where Earl Hebner's like, oh, we're going to call it. And everyone's going, <laughs> It was the best. I loved it. Like, ha, 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 pal. I get it. I get it. they do the joke way too much, but this particular moment in this setting, they they hate Shawn Michaels' guts. I loved it. It was yeah the I mean, the way they the way they did it. I mean, with all the pieces involved, it was well done. Oh yeah, yeah. That's something I can say well about this. Well, good about this match is I think they worked the crowd real. Yeah, and then we find Shawn Michaels in the center of the ring, and the crowd are all in unison saying, "You screwed, Brett." I thought that was quite the visual. Defend himself against the game. This, this crowd here in Canada, I think they just collectively wet themselves. Look at this. They're in shock. Sean Marcus. Again, with an overwhelming will to win. Here we go. Here we go. Cradle, the inside field. And Pinball apparently able to kick out. Michaels a count away from becoming the world champion again. I, mm-hmm. there's part of me that hates it because it's unrelated to the match and it's just like that was like six years ago at this point 
I get it. But at the same time, it's like Shawn Michaels is, first of all, he's a different person. Haven't we moved? Like, move on. But there's part of me that loves it. Yeah, and there's and there's part of you that like with the wrestling fan, you'll know that no matter what you do, when you go to this house on this in this place, they're gonna hate me. I, I think feel it's like I feel like over mm-hmm. time that they did like move on from like when they went to Canada, they they there came a point where they stopped doing that to Shawn Michaels. I could be wrong, but that's just kind of uh, my recollection. But um. Yeah, for now it's like in this in this era, if Sean goes to Canada, it's 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 over for him. Because <laughs> Shawn Michaels, he's 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 a face until 2005 for like a few weeks, but uh, we'll get to that. Uh, Benoit gets the crossface on Sean until Triple H makes the save. Triple H stomps Benoit down in the corner, but Sean is back up. Benoit and Triple H are knocked to the floor, but Sean's big dive sends him crashing through the announcer's table. That was brutal. It looked so good too. Like that's that's the spot of the match for me. Like that would have been my Pepsi Blue Splash of the night, just because <laughs> it looks like it looked like they didn't know he was coming and then ducked at the last second. It looked perfect. And now the Mountain Dew Zero Sugar Splash of the night. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle, what would be your soda for Splash of the night? <laughs> Squirt. <laughs> oh, ugh, ugh. It's Val Venus. <laughs> Val Venus squirt splash. Oh gosh. Oh. oh Ruby oh. red squirt splash of the night. <laughs> the Doctor Perky splash of the night. I already know. <laughs> Kyle's like, shut up. You need to stop. You all need to stop being ugly. <laughs> okay, Connie. <laughs> uh, Jake, according to rumor and innuendo, you're a big meanie. How about that? Jake, uh, according to rumor and innuendo, you're ugly and you snap up. Good burn. It was well thought out, I, I can tell. <laughs> uh, the fans get behind Benoit again, so Triple H pounds some right hands to the head. We get a face buster. It only sends Benoit into the rolling German suplexes to put Triple H in trouble again. But Triple H gets the pedigree. He goes for the pin, but Shawn Michaels breaks it up just in time. And I love I love how Benoit didn't move his shoulders, so it's like you would have thought that would have ended there. So uh that's a good probe move by by everyone involved there. Nicely done. Instead of having like nice the, the Hulk Hogan good. Oh, I would have kicked out if you wouldn't have kept counting. Oh, Right. Everyone is down, and Shawn Michaels nips up. Uh, the fans are are booing; they're not happy. <laughs> we they get a want top- him dead. <laughs> it's so crazy to me, man. We get a top rope elbow from Shawn Michaels and hits Triple H. He goes for the sweet chin music and knocks Benoit off the apron. I love that spot. I. It, it seemed like it took too long for me. I, I don't know. I, like it's a cool spot, but I feel like all the step he had to take like three hops to get to Boing. where he wanted to go. I don't know. It just seemed like it took a little bit too long for me. It's a it's a cool spot, but he's a stumpy little dude. I liked it. So take that, Jake. How about that? 
You know what? That. I thought it was just fine. <laughs> I'm in the middle. No, I'm just kidding. Hey, here at the Ruthless Aggression Podcast, we cover all corners, okay? Triple H is back up, and he gets a low blow to Shawn Michaels. He goes for the pin, but it only gets two. But this sets up for Shawn Michaels on the apron. He hits that spaghetti to the floor! That's our first one of the night. First. I know, man. Honestly, the last couple shows have been pretty ging, at least to a point. It's the first recorded one. I know there were more, but I, I dropped the ball in this episode, guys. Sorry. It's okay, baby. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything. I counted 28 spagingos. What, what are you doing? There's at least four in this episode. I do know that much. I just hit the ding four times. I was right running now. behind. I'm busy, okay? You know, got a little baby on the way. You suck. I'm busy in the last is, is, is that a way of saying that you. Be- Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> so we're late in the match, and Triple H is on the floor. So he's got to get that sledgehammer. And we get a huge shot to the back of Shawn Michaels. He just. <laughs> Nails him in the back. Oh, my gosh. Now, of course, yes, wrestling's fake, so he's got his hand over the over the hard part. But whatever, folks, you know, it's still cool. <laughs> so, Sean, he, he's done for. He's writhing in agony. Uh, but the fans, they are totally distracted and are chanting at something in the crowd. I have no idea what that's about. Did you guys catch that? No, that I didn't even notice. Between a, a Sean Michaels mark and a Bret Hart fan. There was that one sign that said, I forgive you, uh, Sean. Did you I see that? I love that. I love that so much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that may be LOL and XD. So Triple H goes for uh, another shot, but Benoit breaks up a hammer shot uh, to Sean's head after shrugging off a whip into the steps. He catapults Triple H into the steps. We're back in, and Sweet Chin Music is about to be hit to Benoit, but he reverses into the sharpshooter in Canada to Shawn Michaels. Benoit pulls him away from the ropes. Triple H comes in, tries to save, but he's too late. Shawn Michaels taps. Benoit has retained the World Heavyweight Championship. Yay. I love that ending. Kyle, go ahead. What'd you think? Oh, yeah, great match. Like, honestly, just start to finish. Darn solid follow-up to Mania match. And like I said, um, if we hadn't already seen this match, but this is a very close second. And man, like uh, they're really, really booking Benoit strong. I hope uh, it keeps going this way, this trajectory. <laughs> so thumbs up for me. Yeah, thumbs up for me too. I mean, like I said, it's it's not my match of the night, but it's still pretty good, all things considered. And it, it's why we're here. It's why this pay per view exists. And I think everybody delivered. Uh, people went home happy, and Chris Benoit's still your champion. So yeah, th- thumbs up for me. I thought this was a great match. Uh, I love how they played into the story of just like everything going on with Bret Hart. Even if it didn't fit, it was still fun for just one night. The whole feeling around this pay-per-view, coming home to Edmonton, Alberta for Chris Benoit, this feels like a Chris Benoit sort of coming out party and a celebration of all his achievements. Uh, From putting putting him over in the main event to having his family at ringside, uh, everything, man. Everything is centered around celebrating Chris Benoit, which was totally fine at one point in time. 
and again, I know we're we're not trying to focus on it, but it was really, really weird uh, to see them cut to Nancy right after the win. That was so like jarring. I was like, hey, hey this is fun. Ah, <laughs> you know. Gosh, it's it's so sad. Yeah, and we're not we're not gonna harp on it. We're not gonna be we're not gonna be those people that are just like an emblem. We don't condone his. You know, we already made our message. We already did it. You know, we're there. So. But saying that, I'm just saying this. I'm finding myself for the first time in this project, just sad. Just and that's just how I'm feeling. It's just it's just sad because we already talked about it. Like we we love Benoit. He was awesome. He he was he was someone worthy uh, of celebration. And totally first ballot Hall of Famer. Of course he was. And I I believe he was already in the uh, the the what's it called the PWI Hall of Fame. Or, mm -hmm. or whatever Dave Meltzer's one is. The Dave Meltzer Hall of Fame? <laughs> yeah. Not taking any of that away from him, but like, ah, it's, it's just sad. It's just sad. And that that's kind of the, the vibe I get around everything from this from this match to the promos to Chris Benoit Day, everything about it. That's just kind of how I leave the show. And But honestly, it was a fun show. It was a fun show to watch. It was a breeze to watch. Watched it in one sitting say missteps with like uh, hasty booking matches that didn't deserve to be there was Hurricane and Rosie and Law Resistance but solid show what did you guys think uh, yeah overall I, I actually really enjoyed this pay-per-view it, it was a very nice like you said just a one sitting show like cause sometimes you get those shows where you feel like you gotta kind of just alright I gotta go back gotta watch this but this one pretty pleasant all the way through I mean, solid matches throughout, except for a few stinkers. But hey, who's complaining when you get the match followed by the triple threat match? It's like gold and more gold, so thumbs up. Yeah, you know, thumbs up for me as well. I, I enjoyed the I enjoyed the show. Uh, I, I enjoyed it more than I thought I did, or I thought I was going to. It, and especially considering I thought it was going to be a one-match show, and it turned out to be a lot more than that. Um, I really, really enjoyed... The, the triple threat and there's enough between the good matches that it lets you have a break so thumbs up overall good B show except with the big Valboski you always get <laughs> the D show well he was on the pre-show ah <laughs> I've got plenty of pre for you oh gosh <laughs> yeah that was gross I'm, I apologize folks <laughs> So that was Backlash 2004. We hope you enjoyed it, but please join us next time as we will be reviewing Judgment Day 2004. Oh, yeah. Jake, what can we expect from Judgment Day 2004? Well, we're going to open up Judgment Day 2004. Oh, God. Not again. It's a tag team match with the Dudley Boys. <laughs> Going up against Rey Mysterio and Rob Van Dam. Okay, well they could save it. We have Tori Wilson going up against Don Marie. Oh, not again! What? Oh. <laughs> oh, oh, oh my! Making his ruthless aggression debut. Mm -hmm. Mordecai <gasps> will face Scotty <laughs> Too Hotty in a singles match. Oh God, Mordecai, no! <laughs> In a tag match for the Tag Team Championship, Charlie Haas and Rico will go up against Billy Gunn and Hardcore Holly. Oh, God, man. That's weird. 
<laughs> this is it only gets weirder because the cruiserweight champion Jacqueline will be <laughs> will be defending her Wait. championship. Oh my goodness! I gotta against watch these shows. Guerrero. Following that, John Cena against Rene Dupree for the U.S. title. Oh my gosh! Oh we oui, oui. You gotta push. The Undertaker will face Booker T in a singles match. Okay. Fantastic film. I love it. Then in your main event, it's JBL going up against Eddie Guerrero for the WWE Championship. This is gonna oh. be a fun show. This is oh, gonna goodness. be a weird show and a fun show. Is this the beginning of like of like a big New York stockbroker JBL? Yes, it is. So. He has debut. Oh, hell yeah. He, I, that's right. Actually, you can cut this out because it's a little too behind the scenes, but I started watching this, and then I was like, oh my gosh, so much is happening. I have to go back and watch the Raws and Smackdowns. <laughs> I, feel, <laughs> Honestly, I feel compelled. As as I was reading through this card, I was like, I need to go back. I need to watch all these Smackdowns because this is going to be some good stuff. Like, honestly, seeing the card, like that, this card just screams Ruthless Aggression era. <laughs> This this year is so definitive in the era, I feel. And just like yeah, JBL. Man. I can't wait to talk about all this stuff. I know. And I love it because like I said, it's like it feels I think I mentioned this like a show or two back. Like it starts like it officially feels like right now we're in the thick of the ruthless aggression. Like no big holdovers. Except for Billy Gunn and Bob Holly, but whatever. <laughs> I will yeah. say, without spoiling too much, because I, I don't believe you guys have seen uh, this pay per view before. But no. um, it's rated T V M A. Oh, and you will find out in that main event why. Oh my goodness! Is it because I'm wondering? Is it because of women's breasts or because somebody gets a jugular busted open? Uh, Jerry Lawler pulls his balls out uh, again. <laughs> I won, Jr. I got my balls out first. That's the Ruthless Aggression podcast. Please join us next time for Judgment Day. But in the meantime, if you can't get enough of that ruthless goodness, you can follow us on social media. Follow us on Twitter. That's the what. The best place to catch us. That's at Ruthless Pod on Twitter. You can follow us on Instagram at Ruthless Aggression Podcast. And YouTube, give us a sub at The Ruthless Aggression Podcast. Jake, where can they follow you in the meantime? I know you're a busy guy. You're putting stuff out there. What are you doing? I'm a busy guy. I woke up this morning and I published the latest episode of my show with Alex and Jake. Uh, it's available uh, via Anchor. Just look up my show with Alex and Jake. Uh, we we just talk about nonsense. Right now, Alex is learning that he's actually a wrestling fan. He just never realized it. Um, going through Whoa. Dark Side of the Ring and all that, he's he's actually mm. um, learning a lot about why we love wrestling. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that's that's what I do. Um, I'm gonna have pretty to check my that main, out. My main, the last few weeks, we've been talking about it because he's been watching both the A&E biographies and Dark Side of the Ring, and he's got new thoughts that he hasn't had before about these things, and we get to sit here and go, or Robin and I get to sit here and go, well, this is why this happened, and then this happened, and then that happened, and then this happened. I love it. Heck, no, that sounds good. It's fun, yeah, um, but but check that out. We are um, we're all over the world. We're, we're popular in Bangladesh. So shout out to all the Bangladeshi listeners. <laughs> Bangladesh says my my show is over like Rover. Dude, I like there's I was looking at it. For some reason we have a lot of listeners in California and I just imagine that there's some like warehouse in California that just 
waits for my show every week. <laughs> just plays it every. See, that, that's why we have our, our southern connection with uh, Kyle and myself, and then we have that west coast inspiration with Jake. We're trying to spread oh, out yeah. all over the country. But like yeah. a virus. You guys have the western market cornered, I see. Yeah, that's our that's that's our that's our shop. I'm not we need to get money. a we, we need to get a, a new uh, fourth man from the northeast cover more markets. All right, if if any of you northeastern dudes are listening, there there's a spot open on the ruthless pod. Let's make it happen. Not <laughs> not northeast Canada. Nobody from Ooh, Toronto. It's already Frets. hard enough to coordinate. <laughs> <laughs> God, that'll be a nightmare. Gosh, so I can't record. I'm trying to sleep. Oh, whatever, dude. <laughs> Kyle, where can they follow you in the meantime? Anywhere? Any any possible? Are you hiding? Are you off the grid? What's going on? I'm off the grid. No, I'm just the type of person that just doesn't read too much social media. But if you want to hit me up, I will be sure to respond on our official Ruthless Pod uh, social media pages. Uh, hit me up on Twitter. Just use a hashtag, BigSexyKyle. And of course, we want to thank our donors to the show of all time and of, and of currently. Uh, Amy Dalton, Nate the Effin' Great, and Mr. Fretz. We thank you so much for your generous donations. And if you want to be like them, and you listen to the show and you say, Hey, I love those ruthless boys. Let me give them some of that spinning change. In the show notes, you will find a link to donate to the show. You can donate $0.99, cents, $5, or $10. And we would greatly appreci- appreciate it goes to improving the overall show and it gets a Kyle a bag of Cheetos every now and then. I love my Cheetos. But we we seriously thank you for your contributions and guys we trust in you to get the word out about the show. So if you love what we do and uh, you, you don't have that 99 cents to fork over to us and even if you do tell your friends about us. Say hey you like you like those fake fights? Uh, remember remember uh, Batista? Check out these guys. It's pretty awesome. You're almost as good. <laughs> I seriously think I want to get heat for saying fake fight so much, but I, I hope we're all like adult enough to to laugh at it. But like, yes. hey, we, we respect wrestling, but we see it for what it is. But um, but yeah. Anyway, uh, but no, we we appreciate those who have donated to the show, those who will donate to the show. Um, but yeah. In in the meantime, this has been the Ruthless Aggression Podcast. I'm Levi. I'm Kyle. I'm Jake. Reminding you to stay ruthless. Good night. I was trying to see. I was. Uh, I was trying to see if Jake would would do it. I did. There did it? Go. In the it was perfect. It was sexy.